Hello, and welcome back to Divisive Issues, the foul-mouthed, spoiler-filled comic book podcast where two fans and two non-fans talk about controversial or noteworthy comic books. I'm Ryan. Uh, I'm Sly. I'm Phil. And I'm Daryl. And we're here. It's still a Patreon drive. And we're here for part two of 52. How am I, at this point, am I a non-fan if I'm reading through 52 <laughs> issues of this fucking event in a well, month? the thing is, you don't, even if you've read a lot of comics, that doesn't mean you like them. That's true. No, but like. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't sound like you like this story. No, mm. no, I was thinking as like, it's not necessarily being a fan, but like uh, how you guys have expertise in this. And we mm. do not. Two experts and, that, and two amateurs. Yeah, now I feel like oh. I'm not so much of an amateur anymore. I don't know. It's, 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 me and Ryan go nuts for the, the staple of this genre. Well, you guys are always criticizing it. So I, I, I want to call you fans. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's like we criticize it an awful lot. I, but we criticize like, okay, I guess you can say oh, if you don't like massive tie-ins and characters dying mm. all the time. Wow, we're not true fans. <laughs> if you don't like to see fucking all oh, your favorite characters die, you're a shitty fan. Sly yeah, also okay. doesn't read like any modern comics. Yeah, but anyway, whatever. It's it's our branding, okay? Right. I know. Sorry, what, sorry. It's false advertising. Sorry for peeling it's back okay. the curtain and revealing how icky and sticky we are. <laughs> it is it is so so middle summer. Icky people and two sticky people talking about comic books. Yeah. So we, uh, if you listen to last episode, we've been talking about Fifty Two, the Fifty Two issue weekly series from DC. Listen to the first episode because there is way too much for us to recap. So if you haven't listened, go back to last week and listen, because we are just going to jump into it. We are covering issues 14 to 26, still breakdowns by Keith Giffen, still written by Jeff Johns, Grant Morrison, Greg Rucka, Mark Wade, And the art now is Eddie Barrows, Chris Batista, Joe Bennett, Dale Eaglesham, Phil Jimenez, Drew Johnson, Sean Mole, and Patrick O'Leaf. It's like penciling a duty. crossover for yes. the writers, too. So many people. Yeah. Yes, oh, so many. And like people. Sly had mentioned before in the first issue is that this is a strong recommendation for you to read this and not just hear us recap this. Not only because yes. we're bad at recapping, but this is a, a very good and interesting event that you should be reading first <gasps> rather than hearing that, us. They're all, they're all saying that. Sly's crying inside. <laughs> Finally, it's happened. It's because Sly he, he oscillates so quickly between when people say it's like, I don't like this thing. He's like, he, he hates it. He fucking hates it. I, he'll never like anything again. I think we said well, last week. You know why? You know why Sly oscillates so much? Because he's a fan. Am I right? Ooh, yeah, you're right. Good one. Nice. Good one. I think we did say last week, this is, for most of us, one of the best events that we have covered on this. It began like that. We'll see what happens <laughs> as yeah. it goes on. Okay. So, uh, yeah, we are doing yeah. it in four chunks. So we covered the setup last time. Now we're in part two. Mm. So it opens with Renee Montoya and the question, Charlie, asleep on a plane going to Kandak, the country that Black Adam rules. And they, as we as we covered a little, there's a little bit of political stuff going on. So they can't fly directly there. They have to fly to Paris. Then they have to fly somewhere else. So, like, it's, to get into Kandak, it's not, you could tell that they're not on good terms. It's, with it's also, I just like the small, it's just like one page of fleshing out how they have to do two layover flights mm-hmm. and stuff. And I love just... That that's a thing in this world. That it's like people don't like Kandak enough that you have to go to a country that does like Kandak first. Yeah, and, and also uh, like Mene Motel is going into this being like this guy's dictator. He's a madman. Mm-hmm. And when when they enter Kandak, they have like pictures. Everyone's like praising Black Adam. So it seems mm-hmm. like they're all like uh, it's like a dictator sycophantry, like you know, like of China. Yes. Or, yeah. Like, yeah. And they're there to investigate Intergang, the like global criminal syndicate, and. They land, and it's like this busy market square. They're throwing flowers. There's children cheering in the streets. It's obviously a very happy place to be. Mm -hmm. So it seems. 
Yes, so it seems. Then we cut to John Henry Irons, Steele. His doctor is meeting with him because they have just discovered... Right? Did they already discover the thing about the genes? Uh, yeah, he, last time they, yes. knew, they knew that Luther gave him the metagene yes. thing. Yes, so Luther gave him the metagene, and they're still investigating and everything, but he is now completely steel. He is fully covered, and he has been spending all his time building a new suit for his niece. Who? Yeah, and he blamed himself for driving her to Luther. Like, if I was a better... Uncle, he would have done that. So I just want, I, I really dislike this touch because I like it more of him being like the hard parent that's like, you have to build your own suit if you want the recognition rather than like, you know, they I, this was a surprise birthday party. I was only being mean to you because I was going to like give you this cool new thing. I think he might be like desperately trying to be like, maybe yeah, I can get her back. Yeah, he's building it now. I, I, I yeah, that. he's building it now. He was not building yeah, it Yeah, he was not building it before. That's the thing. That's why I like, I like this touch because he was so hard-ass about her before. Now that uh, she reacted to it, he, he blames himself for her leaving yeah. and now he's doing this try to get her back to him yeah and he even says she's like it's a masterpiece he goes it's not it's too little too late because like so he he started building it after she already left as like a please come home mm. and he just like breaks on the floor and he's like i don't know how to get her back this is like the only thing i know how to do and i like it because it shows like steel is a hard ass on there but he really does love his, his uh, niece yeah yeah get it he's a hard ass because he's made ass <laughs> <laughs> Then we have this weird-looking fucking red robot. So we have Will Magnus. <laughs> oh, I, I, this is why I, this scene made me love the middlemen. I mean, that's the whole entire subplot like going on here. So <laughs> this scene. So, <laughs> so Will Magnus is the the one of the doctors that one of the mad scientists from before that is on all the like antidepressant medications, and he's been trying to get his his robots, his metal men, to come back online. And part of the and like like, like Ryan said, like they're a comedic trope. It's like Jerry Lewis is a robot coming back to life, making yeah. like comments. And part of what Mil Magnus's like Silver Age discoveries are that each you guys are gonna hate this so much, but each metal has its own like innate personality. So like when he turns on Mercury, he's always like the comedic relief character, and like you know Iron is always like this gruff like Ben Grimm type character, and he and, is, and they all look goofy too, like they're, they're, yeah. they're, they're cartoon characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're basically like you said, so like a comedy troupe that yeah. like does fun wacky adventures and he starts to and it like starts to talk and it's like doc magnus and it's mercury and then he like melts and he obviously he can't get it to work his responsometer technology and and he's showing this to a bunch of suits in the back who are like from the government and they're like uh you know give us your metal man technology he's like i can't even get it to work look every time i turn him on he just melts he can't you know uh, you know whatever yeah, and then there's there's some nice other little touches that the suits the suits are like, you know, we want the metal men, Doc, but, you know, you must even have a fortune in platinum here just sitting here. And he's like, I don't really think of her in those terms. And they asked, so, they like, asked, they wanted to dismantle, no, so now they, since they can't get the technology to work, they asked him to just dismantle the metal men, give them the parts, basically, and he and Dr. Magnus refused to do that. Yeah, because Dr. Magnus views them as his friends, not just raw materials. Yeah. So then Doc goes to visit Professor Morrow, his his old teacher, who's like the mad scientist that thought he was about to get abducted. And we just get a little bit more of the prison complex than we've seen before, where it's just like mad scientists are constantly like breaking out. It's yeah. like, you can't keep As me mad here. Mad scientist runs out with, it looks like a mirror. He freezes like a male man. <laughs> and then a, a, a girl on a motorcycle busts out of the back of an ice cream truck with an Uzi. And she's one of the guards. And I'm like, I guess she just waits there for mad scientists See, to break I, out. I, yeah. I actually, I like the metal men stuff because that is... It's like it is a cool callback to both the character and like what's happening here. But when I get here, it's like this is just like crazy, like Looney Tunes type of world. Yeah, it, it feels it feels like like the Venture Brothers before like the, like yeah, that yeah, kind yeah. Of, that, that, it feels like uh, if 
I, especially at the times, it's been more novel than it is now. Like now, they have a lot of parodies like this, but this this feels more like parody of the superior genre in a lot of ways. Yeah. The, the yeah. mad, mad scientist but, stuff. Well, I mean, that's the tone that they're going for. It's like yeah, yeah. these mad scientists from the Silver Age that can create freeze rays out of mirrors. Yeah. Like, how do you keep them in check? You just have to have them in this like hyper secure. Everybody about to stop them at all at all moments. And you can't give them. You can't give them anything. If you give them a mirror, they'll turn into a death. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, exactly. And so uh, Magnus goes to visit. Professor Morrow, and when he gets in there, he's gone. He's been abducted, and they're like, oh, we should call the elongated man. He's the wacky detective, and they're like, he's, you know, his wife died. He's kind of going through a nervous breakdown. Let's try to figure it out ourselves. And he leaves one, Professor Morrow left one letter for Will Magnus, then when he opens it, it's machine code. It's a secret code. Ah. And, and Will Magnus realizes that uh, Dr. Morrow was the one who created the first artificial souls. Um, yeah. So, like, he, it suddenly dawns on him, and that's when the scene uh, comes. What yeah. dawns on him is Dickbot, and I'm so <laughs> mad that you guys were like, oh, Superboy punching reality is a meme, when I'm like, this is the biggest meme I've ever yes. seen in comics. Yes. A lot, a, lot of the, a lot of these pages became memes. I don't know if you'll notice, if you'll notice more as they come up, but this, this is one of the biggest memes. <laughs> yeah. so, this was yeah. This was when I first read this like years and years ago. I was like, I know this reaction page, and it's <laughs> him just like staring at a piece of paper like wide eyed, yeah. and that was yeah, that was a dick button. <laughs> yeah. That was the dick button meme. Yes, yeah. yeah, I think it was like one of the original ones, and I remember seeing it, and be like, oh my god, I feel like I'm so like in on the joke. <laughs> yeah, well, when I first read it, blew my mind. Like, uh, I feel like I, feel like I just emerged from pop culture for a second. But it was just, like, yeah. by reading a comic book, I was merging a pop culture. It's <laughs> the only time slide I ever felt part of society. <laughs> Yeah, the mainstream society that talks about dick butt and dick butt memes. <laughs> <laughs> so then we go back to Kandak, and uh, Charlie, you know, the question is on the phone with one of his friends, Tot, and he is going to be shipping them a bunch of supplies. So things, you know, like resources and everything so that they could better investigate and, and this stuff. Tot is the mad, sci- uh, the mad scientist. I don't even know if he's a mad scientist. He's the scientist that gave <laughs> him the ability, the putty mask, so he tur- turned his face into nothing. Yeah. Also, yeah. every time we go to the Rene Montoya question stuff, we get a lot of narration again, like the the internal narration. Yeah. Right. Yeah. D- yeah. Like, like we said, it's very noir. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's really cool because uh, last time it ended with Black Adam giving his his new like his girlfriend the powers of Black Adam, and she became ISIS. And now we're seeing it from the street level where. In this country, Black Adam has just declared a fortnight of feasting in honor of ISIS, and they're like spreading the you know wealth with the people, and like that's what she's pushing Black Adam to do. Yeah, and girls are dressing up as ISIS and celebrating. And one yeah. girl, one girl is oh like really fat, and everyone's looking at her. I don't know if it's a fat joke or not. I don't know if it's a fat <laughs> joke. Or no, I think that that panel is framed that way so we could see that they're being followed by some guy. Oh, because <laughs> the panel is. Renee's blocking his fat woman from from our view, the reader's yeah. view. Then she walks away. In the last panel, it, it, I, I didn't notice the guy's you know, following her. I just sorry, noticed the fat I girl. I did the same thing as you. I didn't even notice the guy. I'm like the fat girl. Just <laughs> it's because she wasn't in the panel with Renee. Like, yeah, and then you're like, like oh, because she's wearing the ISIS suit, and like the rest of her more skinny friends are wearing the ISIS suit. So and they're all looking at her. So she's like the focus of the panel, yeah, like yeah. Inver- maybe inadvertently, but it looks like in terms of my quick glance, she's like the focus. Yeah, 52 is garbage. It's trash. <laughs> if I ever want to tell you guys, I'll just have to go somewhere where people. Are different weights and i'll be able to sneak right by america very easy to do in america uh, yeah, i noticed yeah. the guy no everyone's the same weight in america overweight <laughs> so so as they're they're now going like down this dark this darker alleyway and they're looking for the specific address that they think that there's where that's where an intergang contact is and renee's like ah don't look now but i think we're being followed and charlie's like yeah i've known the whole time but don't worry i think it's right over here yeah 
And then we, as when they get up to the, to the, the place that they're looking out. for. Yeah. The, the like secret warehouse. They, they're looking for the, the wolf man from the end of last episode. And Vic t- turns or Charlie makes himself all faceless and they kick in the door and there's just like mutilated bodies everywhere. Like bodies ripped in half, blood everywhere, you know, headless things and they're like, oh, we better look around. And we get a little bit more of Renee, like, not knowing her role, where she's like, the cop in me is screaming to, like, not touch anything, but the detective wants to know what's going on. Mm. And But, like, the cop voice is getting quieter and quieter and easier and easier to ignore. And they also find a bunch of empty boxes of rat poison. And speaking of, uh, of the cop voice, cop short. Yeah, so then when they go outside, all of uh, Kandak's, like, police force are like, we'll execute you foreign dissidents here and now if you don't come up with us. And Renee had mentioned earlier that, like, every Wednesday, Black Adam publicly executes all the criminals. And then as they're getting taken away, she's like, please tell me today's not Wednesday. Mm -hmm. And then the issue ends with a quick cut back to Dr. Magnus. And he turns on Mercury. And Mercury's like, hey, long time no see. I finally remember you. And he says his catchphrase, did I ever tell you that metal, the only metal that's a liquid room temperature is Mercury? And Will Magnus is very happy. And he's like, you sure did. The machine code worked. Yeah, yeah, so Professor Tio Morrow helped him. Tio Morrow. Uh, yeah, helped him turn on the Oh, the villagers get that. Oh, no, I it's, just... I just, every time I hear it, I'm like, okay. Well, his name's Tom. Great. Tom Morrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's worse. <laughs> yeah, it is worse. And thus ends the first issue of Volume 2. Yeah, so issue 2... Um cover says uh, Booster Gold Memorial issue and it shows Booster Gold's cracked glasses with blood sprinkled over it and in the reflection is Supernova fl- floating above uh, mm-hmm. where his glasses are. Yeah, well, and when I says, saw this I was like, oh yeah, it says His Last Battle by Clark Kent. And when yeah, I saw so, this I was like, oh man, they're really just pulling for like the death fake outs, like the classic DC stuff where it's like, oh the Robin dies this issue. Yeah, every death in this story is going to be a fake out. Yep. People even that Daryl. <laughs> So it, I, I love the way it starts because Booster is like, he's spray painting off his like, uh, his logos, like his contracts, because they're like, hey, you suck. We don't want to be associated with yeah, you. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, and then he draws figures on Supernova in the magazine. Yeah. And um, so now he's like, he's like living in a trash hotel because he can't get any work. And the thing that I like about it is we've talked about how these issues are in real time and like these he's like the logos and the the magazine and like him like looking at articles about how he's an asshole. It's day one, day three, day four. Mm-hmm. So like it's not just like a quick montage. It's like and time actually has weight here yep. because like every issue is set one week. Mm-hmm. And to emphasize how much of a dick Booster Gold is like. Is he a dick or is he, he's just frustrated. He doesn't know what to do. No, but he's like, he is a dick because somebody shows up in uh, in Metropolis and uh, so he's like giving him like stories that he can you know, case he can handle. And he's like, a submarine just show up in Metropolis. And he's like, God, I'm not fucking Aquaman's case. Shut the fuck up. Like, he's like too good for these cases. Like, that's Aquaman's case. Like, fuck you. I'm, I'm Booster Go. I'm so fucking good. And then he like, realizes, oh, wait, what's well, the submarine it's doing It's that Metropolis? he wouldn't be noticed going underwater to stop a submarine. Yeah, so he's, he's, he's just a fucking dick. He's like, it's, there's no glory. Yeah. He's, he's well, you want to publicize yourself. You got to get out where people can see you. But yeah. a submarine shows up in Midtown, a submarine crash in Midtown, and he realizes it's like, Wait a second. How does a submarine end up in Midtown? Yeah, yeah. And by the way, the, the, that's also one of the reasons why uh, Jeff Johns later capitalizes that the, fa- the fact that Aquaman's always underwater. He like he sa- he doesn't like the most saving of humanity ever. <laughs> yeah. But, be- but because it's all underwater, like Kafu, uh, like monsters, and no one ever knows. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, Aquaman, what, what a fucking dork! When in reality, he's like fighting like. So speaking monsters. of which, this submarine is covered in a Cthulhu-like monster. <laughs> yeah. 
And so, cut to back to Renee and Vic. Uh, they've been in prison for a while now. And basically, like, this is like a hell prison. They basically torture. They basically don't, they don't want to know the truth. They just want to beat the shit out of you until you confess. Yeah. And uh, she, so she, they, they take Renee out. She, she's separated from Vic. So she take, they take Renee out of her cell. And when she's passing Vic's uh, cell. Uh, and she says, question, like, they've been beating him twice as hard as me. Yeah. You know, last time I saw him, he didn't look so great. Yeah. So when they pass the question, uh, Vic Sage's cell. Uh, he's missing. So then she's like, she starts freaking out. She's asked what happens to her friend. And all of a sudden, uh, she, uh, she notices that Rim's filling her smoke as the guards try to grab her. And out of the smoke comes Vic's, uh, fist and he punches out the guards and helps Grenade mm-hmm. take out, take out the guards. And they've all, they two of them prepared to escape as they're both beat She up. has to carry him out of here. Yeah, yeah they're, they're both really beat, beat up. Yeah. This looks like a job for Supernova, Clark Kent says <laughs> yeah. back in Metropolis. Yeah, and then he goes and he goes to try to learn more about the sea monsters that just arrived. And as he's running by his storage room, he says, "Ah, storeroom, my old friend, I miss you already." <laughs> and so uh, the sea monsters attack. He goes trying to fight it. Now that you know it's on land, so he can actually get some credit for fighting it. And he's doing a pretty bad job. Yeah, he's getting the ship kicked out of him. He, he carjacks him like his GTA, <laughs> and she's like, "Get your hands off me, you perv! Help!" And she throws she, he throws her car into the monster. <laughs> yeah. And then he like he like grabs a power line from the from the subway and he's like I'll electrocute it but it just blows the power grid to the city so yeah like and Clark, he can't and, do anything and Clark Kent's like no please don't off oh, okay like, Clark Kent <laughs> like so as, as from his experience knows you're not supposed to do that and he's like oh shit and, yeah. and, and there's go, some panels of like the whole city being like <gasps> and he's just like head in hands like oh my god <laughs> I, I just love like Superman like being forced to watch other people yeah. just fuck up his job like goddamn <laughs> yeah. and so um. Everyone's like, fuck you, Booster Gold. Like, oh, good, good job. Now we're blind. There's a monster still here. Fuck you. Like, you trash hero. But Supernova super- shows up to save the day. The new mass superhero in town. Yeah, and then he's, and then he's like, uh, ignore, he's like, ignore the insults, Booster. You're not going to pay attention to these people, are you? Of course you aren't. I mean, why start now? And Booster Gold's like, that. fuck you. He's just, <laughs> yeah. And he's just like being a shadow of uh, Supernova. He's like, you're not the hero in the city. I am. You can go to hell. And and Supernova's just talking shit the whole time. Listen to yourself. You're not a hero. You're a billboard. You turned my stomach. You never had the confidence to earn people's respect. So you try to buy it. You Ugh. think I'm a joke? Uh, am I, how funny am I now, huh? You're too pathetic to be a joke. Gold, you're just a loser. <laughs> it's brutal. <laughs> yeah. And so then he's like, so then they start fighting over who's gonna save uh, the city because the reactor core because the monster's dead, but the reactor core is in danger. Because this is a now. nuclear oh, sub. The, yeah. 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 It's a nuclear sub. And so Booster goes like, no, fuck you, I'm going to do it, I'm going to get the glory. And he puts a shield around the sub and tries to make it flow into the air. And the whole time Skeets is like, you're pushing yourself too hard, don't do this, don't do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like, that's right, every damn body, forget Supernova. The name of the claim to fame is Booster Gold. I'm back, baby, I'm back, and explodes, and his corpse falls to the ground. <laughs> Sly seems to have taken joy in this, but I feel like this was a sad moment. This was a sad moment. Like he he's yeah. trying desperately to show that he's a hero, and uh, even Clark Kent is like, "Oh my god, he's way stronger than I even thought he could." Like that, that I didn't think he would be able to lift this big submarine into the sky, put a force field yeah. around it, save because he, he essentially saves the city here from expo- yeah. like yeah. having a nuclear explosion in the middle of uh, downtown. Uh, yeah, uh, midtown. Midtown, actually. You're right. But even though Supernova goes to grab the body, they show the body, and it's just a skeleton in Booster Gold's costume. Yeah. And the thing that I really love about this, because it's such a bold choice, is after like Ralph Dibney last time just ripping apart Booster, and here Supernova ripping apart Booster. Like I would, ex- I, every time I read this, I expect him to be like, "No, like I'm finally gonna do something right. I can sacrifice myself for this." But he's he's just like, "I need to prove that I'm the best." He never says, like, I will die for this yeah. city. He's like, I will earn respect. Look at how great I am. And it's such, like, 
it's such a good character choice. It's not a redemption. He does die saving everybody. But it's but for his, his motivation selfish, is still, yeah, selfish it's reasons. It's still for himself, yep. yeah. And yep. oh, I just, I love Booster Gold. I, I, was, I was so sad when I saw that happen because Booster Gold is like one of the three reasons I'm reading this. And then he died. I'm like, oh, like. I I didn't think they'd kill him, and now that he's dead, I'm like, oh no, because like, that storyline's oh, so gone. What are the two other uh, story arcs? It's Black time? Adam, and it's Renee in the question, I would say. Okay. I'd say everything else, there are interesting bits in the other one, kind of like the Mad Scientist stuff, but it's not the reason why, like, I'm like, I'm invested. Whereas, like, I was almost, I was really invested in Booster Gold, because I'm like, this is a, it's cool to to follow a hero that's like, very selfish and doing things not for heroic reasons but still doing the right thing and then he does the right thing and he gets killed for it i'm like oh poor guy well yeah. luckily for you now we get to see black adam and renee's uh, story arc like yeah. more as we get to week 16 so week yes. 16 uh it's a cover of renee and the question uh in kondok with their gu- with guns out and then there's black adam and isis in the back on a poster um and Basically, uh, Black Adam and Isis are saving children, and he's basically thanking her for, you know, pushing him on this path of, you know, right righteousness. They saved children, but they brought them to a, a plant, a plant, a, a, a plant, a garden that they planted yeah. for uh, Isis as, as thanks for saving them. There's such a nice touch where there's this garden that this is like Isis's garden, like that. She's and she's like, like a nature symbol of nature hero. Yeah, and there's one empty spot, and she's like, "Oh, did you save that part for me, children? What would you like me to grow there, Jasmine?" And they're like, "And the kids are like, no, this land is to remain untouched. The Great Black Adam told us about your brother, Amon. He is like us, but he is still not free. When he comes home, that land will be planted, and the great gardens will be complete. We pray for his return." And it's like, just such a sweet, like little kid representation of like the mission is not over until your brother is safe, yeah. like we are. And then, uh, in the midst of all this, Black Adam pulls out the diamond that. Cleopatra had uh, and is like be my wife and proposes then we cut back to the darker side of Kondok where Renee and the question are sneaking around a dock side uh, they, they're, they're, they're living the inside a dock yeah. they're living, living, they're inside, living dock. inside the, the, ba- the storage big like, shipping crate yeah. Yeah, that uh, Tot had sent them, and in it is like some food, some supplies, and also that like sci-fi gun that Renee has. And they realize that um, they're getting the wedding is gonna be coming up, and that Intergang is probably gonna attack the wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, Renee's trying to figure out how they're gonna end up attacking the wedding, and she connects it to the rat poison that was left at the Intergang hideout that was like staged for them, that uh, that the police caught them at, yeah. and it, it, she finds out. I can't remember if it's here or not. That um, you use rat poison in, like, bombs. Right. She realizes here, but she exposits it later, that the rat poison is an anticoagulant. So if you're hit with shrapnel from a bomb that's coated in rat poison, you bleed out. Yeah, yeah. So it's, like, a really brutal suicide bombing. Yeah, yeah. And then we cut to... (laughs) Mary... Mary Marvel? Is that who that is? Mary Marvel, yeah. Yeah, Mary Marvel. Uh, And Isis, she's, like, getting ready for the wedding. Mary Marvel's like, you know, Black Adam's kind of crazy. Mary Marvel is going to be the bride of uh, of honor. honor, yeah. Maid of Honor, yeah, and she invited Honor, and she's like, "Don't marry that guy. He's a villain. Like I've been with him for years." And I was like, "No, like uh, he's changed. Like he's a changed man. I think he's a good person." And uh, she asked, "Like if you if you think all this, why why do you want why do you want to be my uh, Maid of Honor?" Mary Marvel says, "Cause cause uh, Shazam thinks he can change, so yeah. I'm doing I'm doing for Shazam." And this is it's like it's almost silly here, where it's like you have this like guy who's like basically a super villain from from ancient Egypt, and. Uh, He's like, my hair looks bad, and then and then uh, Billy is like, your hair never moves. 
And he's like, my hairline's receding. I, I, I just didn't notice. It's just like funny. <laughs> I don't think you cared before. Can it be fixed? You're over 2,000 years old. Be thankful if you have any. Be thankful you have any. Yeah. It's just funny. Like, I, I, I wonder if people who have been alive for thousands of years could just revert to, like, the mundane... Well, for for one, in his defense, he was like trapped in a magic purgatory for like most of That's that time. True. He's only been like around for a little right, while. Right, that is probably. true. But even and it's it's the juxtaposition. It's a joke. That, oh, you're down It old. is a joke, and there's yeah. a lot of the parts of this that I'm like, this is like very silly for such a because it's like you have this constant back and forth between like the jokey stuff and then like Booster Gold's skeleton after he explodes in a nuclear. Explosion. Well, well, here, well, that's 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 what I like about the story because he shows each character at a different stage of life. Because Black Adam's like as happiest right now, and everything's yeah. like he's this is the first time his life he's able to around and be happy basically yeah. yeah and he said like you know he's always you know he's always like respected billy's family now he gets to have his own family and like he's never wanted to share it before and i really i especially like how silly and hokey these scenes are because they're immediately juxtaposed not with just an unrelated arc but with renee and vic in like the shady parts of kanda yeah that it's like look at how happy the dictator is yeah. When there's still all this corrupt stuff that normally before ISIS he would weed out and execute everybody, but now he's like focused on the positives and he's he's ignoring the dark side of Kanda. Yeah, and they're, they're running through slums as as, as yeah. it's going on. Yep, and they're basically trying to they they they're like the suicide bomber suicide bomber must be in the crowd, so we have to try to find him. Uh, and you have like the other Marvel family people like running security, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, Daryl, say say who's here? It's Freddie Marvel, the uh, the kid that was uh-huh. in the wheelchair before, and then there's a just a big old tiger that's like, I'm hungry. Talky Tawny. Uh, is he the, the one? Tiger, the tiger that was referenced. That was referenced in that Jeff Johnson. Wait, excuse right me, what's his name? Talky Tawny. Oh, Talky Tawny. <laughs> Okay, and there's Uncle Dudley, I guess, here. Do you know I, like, glazed over the fact that there's a tiger yelling in the oh crowd? I was like, God. this is just whatever. You really, you have fallen too There's deep. just so much shit like that that I'm like, it's just a tiger well, man in the crowd. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, this is this is one of those things that, like, I think is... I, I understand why it takes people like Daryl out of it, but yeah. to me, it's like, having a big Marvel wedding and not having the Marvel supporting cast there would be very weird. Yeah. And, like, but it's not, like... It doesn't derail it where it's like, let's focus on this a lot. It's just, like, they're there. Yeah. You could either just roll past it, or even if you're like, "Who is this?" They're gone within five pages. So, sure. it's yeah, he's literally, they're literally oh, there's only one panel of all the extra characters, pretty much. Yeah. Yep. So the wedding is about to happen. Renee's shoving through the crowd, looking for uh, who the suicide bomber might be. And the way it's, I love the way it's framed because all of the like Marvel family panels, most of them are either from up down, like looking down at the whole crowd. Or, from Renee's perspective, looking up at them like gods in the distance. Yeah. And you get such, even just from panel to panel, you get such ju- such juxtaposition of, like, the two worlds that are being shown. Yeah, right yeah. and the bottom of the Renee stuff is all tense. Like, where is he? Where is he? Like, as they're to a crowd while everyone's happy and unobliously unaware in, yeah. the, in the sky. Yep. And instead of having, like, uh, normal vows, they're just, like, shazamming it up. They're like, Shaz- <laughs> yeah. shazam! And then lightning yeah. strikes everyone, and it's good. Blah, blah, blah. She's fine. She sees someone taking a really, backpack. Really climbs on top of uh, Vic to see where the, where the bomber is uh-huh. and just jumps off him. So like he's like he's like taking out temporarily. So it's up to Renee to stop the bomber. And yep. She sees yeah. someone with a backpack on, and when they go to take off the backpack, she sees that it's a girl, um, and it, it's a really young girl. Like yeah. It's a kid. She says, yeah. and so uh, they get this really tense like uh, two page scene of like. All the vows being interspliced with this red border of Renee jumping off of uh, Charlie and trying to get to the suicide bomber to stop her. 
And yeah. uh, she's like, I can't shoot a kid. And the question is like, you you have to. You're not going to get to her in time. And yeah. so while the vows are exchanged, uh, you may kiss the bride. They kiss as she shoots this girl Mm. Uh, and kills her. And the thing that the thing that I really love is the girl is saying a prayer in, I assume, Arabic. It doesn't specify what it's uh, translated from. <laughs> or Kandakian or whatever. And, <laughs> sure. And then it cuts to the next panel where Renee has shot her. She's lying on the ground. The, the girl is lying dead on the ground in a pool of blood. And Renee has just thrown up and is saying the Hail Mary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, 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 when I first read this, I'm like, it's cool that she's praying because uh, obviously she's not into like Adam religion and the she's suicide like bomber. yeah the suicide bomber but now I read this it's like oh they're praying to Cain which becomes a thing like and yeah. I'm like oh, the Cain, the Cain. I really don't like the that well we'll get to that later the fucking <laughs> essentially that's, that's a very DC, that's a very like Jack Kirby DC kind of concept like yeah. But at the same time, it doesn't, because that hasn't really been super introduced yet, it just reads kind of like she's just yeah, praying. Yeah, it's just like a, a religion that well, you don't know. Right. Well, I assumed, I'm like, it must be some, like, Judeo-Christian or Muslim thing, where they're like, fuck this. Well, it's Judeo-Christian. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. Cain is in the Bible. I know, but they, okay, yeah. But anyway. It would have been more oh, interesting. There's dumb religions. Yeah, but... There are dumb religions in real life. I don't, I'm not gonna, <laughs> like, seriously. You're, you're really? gonna say it really? religious. There's a dumb religion than the crime Bible? Are you gonna talk? Yes, there, there, there are, 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 yeah, but there's enough money that it's able to uh, get power anyway. If this is a religion based on getting money for yourself, you're going to get enough money to fucking uh, spread it against everyone's better intuition. Sly, are you coming out as a crime biblist? <laughs> yes, you got me. Anyway, we'll save the crime bible stuff for later. Uh, we go yeah. back to, um, they have their bedchamber. It's like, ooh, time to you know seal the deal. As they're uh, wiping blood off the street from the shot girl. Yeah, it's a good juxtaposition mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Yeah. And then we cut back to our friends in, on oh, this in space. On this alien, getting off, getting off the the the, the planet with the Animal Man, Starfire. I just want to say, getting off the, uh, the evil fruit planet. Just real quick, that Adam Strange and Animal Man have the like exact same body and face. You are, uh, one has Adam a beard. Strange has a beard. Yeah, yeah. Adam Strange has a beard now. Like, but I'm still saying, know. like, it, like if you put two both of them side by side, and you said one grew a beard, one didn't. I wouldn't know who's who. That's fair. I think that's a fair critique. Uh... And it's funny because they're like one of the few blonde DC heroes. Most DC heroes that's are black true. Mm. Like it's, there's a bigger problem with Marvel. Like it's just coincidence mm. that it happens to be these two. Mm-hmm. And they launch off the planet, and we get a great teaser next time on Fifty Two. And who's oh. this? Who's that man with the cigar? Oh, oh, it's, Lobo. It's Lobo. Uh, As we get off the planet. Oh no! Don't do this. Oh, please don't do this. <laughs> that's what the writers are thinking as they're writing. Apparently, yeah, according yeah, to Brian. Yeah. Yeah. So even though Daryl's sad that Booster Gold's gone, we replace him with an even better character, right, everybody? <laughs> it's time to be Lobo. He's one of my favorites of DC. He's really what makes me think comics are a viable medium for storytelling. <laughs> and on the cover, it's Lobo sitting in space with Batman's cowl and Wonder Woman's He's sitting next to the cover of the first issue, that dramatic cover with uh, Superman, Wonder Woman's sword stabbing into Superman's cape with Batman's cowl on top of it, and just sitting over yeah. it saying, only 35 more to go. Yeah, and I'm like, cool. You're Wait, did you see the, the news ticker on that, too? At home with Lobo, does he really eat your entrails and thoroughly enjoy it? How do you know this character? How do you know? <laughs> because, oh, God. Okay. Let's, uh, we'll get uh, to him when we get yeah. to him. So it opens with the, um, the Lex Luthor Ju- Justice League squad that he's made. All the superheroes are attacking. Uh, <laughs> 
Cobra with a K. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of like parallels. There's a shapeshifter. There's a speedster. There's a super strong person. There's yeah. someone who could fly. Light powers, which is just energy powers. And yeah. and then it cuts to Lex reviewing the tapes and he's talking to his team and he's like, "Where, like, what can we do better and stuff?" And what better? Like he means like marketing too. It's like, what what could be our name? Yeah. We need code names for the heroes. Like we need more yeah. new costumes. Yeah. yeah. Well, I like that one of the guys is like, code names, it's like, my parents are asking me, like, what's my code name? Because it's like, everyone. Their has. family's been infused with, like, superhero stuff, that that's what they would be interested in. Yeah. And then. And we start to see some tension with the team when the speedster <laughs> doesn't give a shit about it. She's like, this whole thing makes me sick. And it's, it, it's when she... It's when Lex is basically being like, Natasha, my dear, we've got a team coming up to give you and Eliza makeovers at five, though they'll be hard pressed to improve upon your beauty. So he's really just buttering Natasha up. Yeah. Who's yeah. Irons' uh, uh, niece. And Eliza is the speedster, and she has to keep taking this drug because her powers make it so she's always going super fast. Mm-hmm. And this drug, Sharp, that she, like, injects. It looks kind of like an the inhaler. The drug is named Sharp. Just keep... This drug, Sharp. Yeah, that it's the only thing that slows her down. Mm-hmm. And she's, she's, like, she's like, fuck you. Like, so far you did this to me, I hate you. And she runs off. Yeah. Yeah. She, now Alex is like, oh, she's off the team, I guess. Uh, yeah. Can I yeah. get a new member? Yeah, and then yeah. we're back in space, and Starfire is blowing up some asteroids. She's clearing path for the for the for the ship because like they're, try, they're trying to find a hospital planet, but everything everywhere around them is dead. And so also, close. Adam Strange, I kind of like this. He because he's blind now, he links his eye nerves into the ship camera so he can see. And uh, <laughs> yeah. the, you don't like this, that? No, because it feels like it's just. There's never someone that's just like I'm completely blind all the time. You always have things. It's like, well, I overcome blindness by seeing through my shit. Yeah. <laughs> but, but like Phil's always the one bitching that you would you have if the technology they have, they'll probably find a way to overcome. It's they would. Future, they would. Some future sieve. Like I'm not arguing that. I'm just like I just hate it. But this is the big problem with this whole entire arc in general. Yeah. That's this is why I think Lobo was a welcome addition for me at least. <laughs> wow. It's, it's uh, so this this whole scenario isn't wacky enough to be just a wacky adventure. Like they're just on the planet. Like mm. it's a very typical sci-fi setup. You're on the planet where the food is poisonous or whatever. A guy's hunting mm-hmm. you. It's a very it's, it's not wacky enough. To a be Jack Kirby character is hunting you. That's fair. Yeah, but so it's like it's just a design. But he's still like any standard. Yeah, you can feel a, a, a random generic fucking. But I'm saying like it's especially like a throwback to old weird '70s stories yeah. and stuff. But it's not. I, I agree with Sly. It's I don't think it's weird enough yet. Yeah, it's not yeah. weird enough. Like when Lobo gets in, then starts getting to like let's have a wacky premise, to spice things up a bit. Uh, yeah. And so and and then yeah, but just to clarify what I don't like, what why what I don't like about the scene is uh, Adam Strange basically tells us what his relationship with Starfire is, saying he doesn't like her because she's too of a princess, much of a princess uh, and pampered, and I'm too mm-hmm. much of a loner. I don't like dealing with people in general. And I'm like. This whole this whole story arc is not really character driven enough to be interesting character wise, yeah, that's and fair. the scenarios aren't wacky enough to be. Yeah, like their relationship with each other barely manifests itself. Other yeah. than Adam Strange isn't like that they're eating the fruit. Yes, and then it, here where he's like, I don't like space princes. She's we have, we have, all, like, also, stuck we have to be told what he feels about her. Like the dialogue is intelligent. Yeah, by, by yeah, like, and you need to show not and, tell. Yeah. yeah, and one of my issues with this plot, like this is always my least favorite plot of the whole book. Yeah. But one of the reasons why, too, is I feel like we never spend enough time to develop any of these relationships where it's just like every few issues, they're like, here's three pages. And to me, it's like, why put it in when everything else is so character driven? This is like, it's not wacky enough, like you said, but it's not character driven enough yet either. Mm -hmm. So they end up like someone throws a rock or a meteorite at Starfire and then they land an asteroid. She's like somebody threw a rock at me. Like that was that was purposeful. 
Edelman exposits a little bit about his origin. He exposes about how he saw Grant Morrison when he, when he, when he, when he was in his story because Grant Morrison had a big metal plot where he meets Grant yeah. Morrison. Well, he really, okay. his main thing is he just says, like, I met these beings who, like, opened me up to the whole universe. Maybe they were aliens because aliens gave him his power. Maybe it was God. Maybe I don't know. But the writer like, of the story. Yeah. <laughs> But, like, he doesn't... It, it's exposition in a way that I think is comic booky and vague. Yeah, enough, yeah, but, like, uh, I just got to find... Phil, I'm assuming Phil and Darrow have no clue that's what they're referring to, but as com- no, as people who read Animal Man's run, we knew. But, like, it was a way to allude to that without being explicit that he yeah, met Grand Morrison. Yeah. And it sets up that, like, even though he's very much the, like, earthbound domestic hero, he's still got his powers in this weird alien How dare you way. assume that I didn't know that it was Grand Morrison <laughs> he met? <laughs> yeah, you can't play that card. <laughs> uh, and then um, the big, the giant... The Galactus uh, guy shows yeah, up. Yeah, Devil Lance shows up, and he's like, ah, gotcha now. He pulls his spear out of the ship that was powering the ship to move, and it looks like he's gonna, like, kill them as he goes to attack them, and then suddenly, as they're looking out the window, just, like, his intestines fly across over the window, and they're like, what's out there? And it's Lobo with a big gun and a space bike. <laughs> yeah. If you don't know Lobo, he hasn't been in the story yet. He's just, like, this big edgelord in space. <laughs> Lobo is like that cowboy guy, but regular, like like always, like because he always has a space bike. He has a space bike. It's not like always. It's like yeah. that, but that cowboy's guy's shtick is just like yeehaw. Whereas Lobo's at least a little bit more flesh out, but man, he's just too much. Yeah, and they just exposit a little bit because Animal Man's like, uh, I don't know who Lobo is, and he's a superhuman bounty hunter, a genocidal so he, he, he killed his entire race. He killed his entire race because yeah. for fun. Yeah. So that's why you know that's why he's the and, last. And, and to really show you who Lobo is. Starfire goes out and talks to him, and we get word bubbles are going on, but like we can't hear them because we're assuming from inside of the ship with Animal Man and Adam Strange. So we're like, "What's t- what are they talking about?" Then Lobo, sti- I think this scene sticks funny. out his tongue. He grabs her shirt and he takes off her top. Yeah, and and then <laughs> and she looks at him and she just makes the money making like she rubs her fingers together. And he then, looks taken aback, but in one scene, it's like and Animal Man and Adam Strange are like. The fingers crossed inside, like what the hell is happening out there? And yeah. and they and they and, they keep, and she he keeps her top. First of all, she, she, first of the story arc so far, he's, she wears Animal Man's yeah, shirt. She takes Animal Man's shirt, yeah. so she's she's actually more clothed now than she was when she was in her costume. <laughs> and and yeah, so, here's another here's another problem with the story because uh, Lobo, I think Lobo works best when he has a strong personality to play off of, like uh, a Superman or a Guy Gardner. The closest mm. they come to is Starfire, but Starfire, it's, it's all on mute, so we don't get to see much of her. Like bouncing mm. off him, which is not a reason it's why. A pre- it's a pretty funny exchange either way. It's just like the rest of this that I'm like, it's just Lobo. <laughs> so Lobo's just... like, uh, uh, okay, I'm gonna help you guys out. I guess in exchange for the bra. No, he's joined the church and turned his back on violence, but he's really struggling with it. Obviously, <laughs> which I thought was just, just, just a fucking hilarious out. premise. Lobo's a pacifist now. <laughs> yeah, but he still has Devil Lance's head speared on his. Spine. Yeah, he's a pacifist. <laughs> why do Galactus people have like large deaths? <laughs> Because Jack Kirby created him and he likes large people. This is like Ryan asking, why is there always fucking giant machines on every Jack Kirby comic? No, I mean, like, why do they have human anatomy? Oh, why are they human? Why do they have intestines? Because it's just Jack Kirby. It's Jack Kirby. He likes likes having humans being big, okay? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. And then we see, is this Red Tornado? This is Red Tornado. Yeah. Okay, he's on like, he's in Australia. He wakes up it's, it, and he's like, he's kind of like ripped apart. He has no arms. His chest is blown open. And he just goes, uh, reboot online 52. And then we have indigenous Australians? One local says, 52? Nah, mate. 
Australia and, and they're yeah. in Australia. And that's how that ends, and that does not come up for the rest of our arc. Hey, it comes up, it comes up again. It comes up again. In our, oh, it does at, our, the, at the very end. It does. Yeah. yeah, it does. Like, it does. Very briefly. Like, it doesn't explain so, anything. <laughs> Sly alluded this uh, at the beginning, but I just want to, real briefly, uh, at the end of every issue in the trade, they have uh, little, like, editorial notes from, like, the creators. And Keith Giffen, who does all the layouts and breakdowns for this book, created Lobo in the 80s. And he just says, like, I remember cringing at the summit when his name was brought up and everyone looked at me. And I'm like... I like him, but, like, I don't have anything else to say, and I'm kind of bored with him as a character. And they're like, don't worry, Grant Morrison will do something with him. And Grant's like, I don't really like Lobo either. (laughs) And then they were like, come on, do something. And he's like, I guess I'll make him a pacifist. That sounds pretty cool. (laughs) I I just love the concept that, like, whenever Lobo shows up in the comic, everyone's like, oh, fuck. I like the idea that the writer's feeling the same way. (laughs) <laughs> and and I just want to read the, the final paragraph in this is, oh, and I still think that word balloon on the cover, only 35 more to go, is a direct stab at me. We're 17 weeks in, and I was still sounding off about lead time and ship dates and hitting each week. OCD doesn't begin to describe it. And having Lobo deliver the line, well, that was just cruel. <laughs> <laughs> I love Keep Giving. <laughs> so week 18 starts with the, the House of Mystery. Which has a mailbox that says Kane on it. It's a guy holding up a mailbox. It's a house, yeah, it's, it's a Kane's statue. house. And, and the cover, the cover is framed like it will be like a House of Mystery style story where calling yeah. Doctor Fate and all member, Detective Chimp and, Detective and Ralph Dimmy all the car fights. <laughs> yeah. Spill's favorite. And one thing uh, that I know, like, so this is one of those issues that like dumps in a bunch of new characters, and I just want to say that it is framed where in this House of Mystery, as we get this mysterious figure walk through the hallways, we see a photograph that's Ralph Dibney, the elongated man, with everybody who's in this issue as some sort of, like, mystery team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, this is, but, yeah, when, when Philip Ryan says this is where we start dumping a lot of characters in, this is where I became positive that Dad's going to hate this fucking series. Mm-hmm. Yes, me too. <laughs> <laughs> so, there are a lot of these characters, this is actually their first appearance, so it's just supposed to be, like, vague mystery team that comes in. First, it doesn't really is matter. It first appearance are. in this comic book or in DC? Ever. Oh, okay. It doesn't matter for Daryl when it came to Chinese heroes, so I don't think it's going to matter <laughs> Yeah, not Detective Chimp. He is a classic, beloved character. Classic. But a lot of these other, like, mystery characters. And they're going to find this guy, Tim, who's another, like, detective magic character, and he's wearing Dr. Fate's helmet. And Dr. Fate is, like, basically Dr. Strange of DC. <laughs> except, <laughs> except it, like, it's like a helmet that goes from person to person, and they become, like, Dr. Fate. They become, like, this the, wise... The helmet gives them Dr. Strange's yeah. powers. But also, I think it just changes their personality to be more, it, like... It was funny, be- yeah. because before this began, me and Phil we were talking about this, where Phil's like, hey, you found this helmet? And I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's just Dr. Strange for DC. So it's great so, hearing uh, you guys for what it's worth, Doctor Fate is twenty years older than Doctor Strange. As a well, this doesn't yeah, ever make me feel better. You're always like the shittier one is older. It's like okay, no, but Doctor Fate is cool. Doctor Fate, like like I said, like it's a helmet that goes from person to person, and so you have like Doctor Strange is Doctor Strange. He's always Doctor Strange, but Doctor yeah. Fate goes from like person to person. At one point, there was like a girl and a boy who shared Doctor Fate helmets. So like, yeah. you get a wide range of personalities that can be Doctor. Basically, Doctor Fate is this like ancient like. Shazam like like power. (laughs) No, but what he is is he's like this ancient spirit of uh, order and chaos that like takes like a a host. He takes a host. That's the word I'm looking Mm -hmm. for. Yes. So when they go to like tap Tim on the shoulder, he just instantly turns into water. Yeah. And Detective Chimp is like, is anybody else's nose twitching? Uh There's a mystery. Uh (laughs) Nose twitching. Detective Chimp. (laughs) Yeah. So now now the part of mystery is like, now this Dr. Fate host turned to water. Who's the next Dr. Fate host? That's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. I I was reading this. I didn't even know if I was supposed to be like, it's a huge thing that the current Dr. Fate had died or anything. I'm assuming it's nobody because these are all new characters. Yeah. It's, I think it's mostly new characters. And I think, 
I don't remember what Dr. Fate's status quo was at this time, but it's basically just like introducing that, like we're getting into a little bit of the magic stuff yeah. here. Mm-hmm. Then it cuts back to Kandak where Black Adam and Isis are trying to give uh, these medals, medals to uh, question and uh, Renee. Renee. Big problem is Renee's not there. Yeah, so it's these medals for, like, thank you for saving other people. Black Adam's pissed because he's like, how fucking dare you? I'm, like, the the god of this country and you don't show up yeah. for the ceremony? I also, I really like just before they end up going, Charlie's, the question's basically saying, like, you know, she was very disheartened because she had to shoot the girl. And the Black Adam's just like, she had no choice. The girl had a bomb. And it still shows you that he still has that streak in him where it's like, right is right, wrong is wrong. It doesn't matter who's involved. Yeah. Yeah, that's, and that's, that's and so Vic's story. like, she's coping in her usual way. And Black Adam bursts through the wall like the Kool-Aid man. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, what the hell do you think you're doing? And Renee is wasted in bed with just some lady. Yeah, yeah. some lady. And she's like, yo, what do you want? Get out of here. Yeah, she's yelling at them as she's dressing. Yeah. And she, she, tries, she tries to, uh, the question is, there too what is a man of you charlie every time i'm gonna get something you have to crash the party <laughs> yeah and then and black adam's like you know there's a time when i would have cheerfully killed you for speaking to me that way but uh you know you were supposed to get a great honor and she's like get that metal out of my face and black adam grabs her by the throat and he's like you push too far woman i'm a changed man but not that changed and she's she just starts crying and she's like that's right just do it but she's got just like a me. grimace on her face she's like just yeah. do it yeah do it yeah. Isis and is like, Isis hey, stops her. Let's, let's not do this. Yeah. Yeah. Stop, Isis stops him. <laughs> honey, don't break her neck. <laughs> her grief and your anger are both misplaced. Yeah. Yeah. And Vic's like, this isn't this isn't the real problem. You know, the bomb and everything, hanging out medals, all that stuff is like details. The the problem is intergang. On top of everything else, we got these monster men, these wolf men, all this stuff. They're weapons, they're using kids, and Black Adam's like, fine, if it's a problem, let's stop yeah. it. And then that the mystery team, led by Detective Chimp, it cuts to France, where they are meeting with uh, Ralph Dibney. And there's some, like, how'd you find me? And he's like, well, obviously, it's, you know, these code names from Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. And, like, kind of like detective, you know, masturbatory yeah, stuff. Yeah. It's like you want it to be found with that pseudonym. Yeah. Yeah. And they, he, Detective Chimp brings him in, like, this, like, magic case, the uh, Dr. Fate helmet, and he's like, you gotta help us, you know, you gotta, we gotta get the old Shadow Pack team, that's, like, the magic mystery team. He, that they uh, and Ralph Dibney mentions that a few weeks ago, because the last we left him, he was under bridge, rocking the husk of his effigy wife, <laughs> and he says, a few weeks ago, I had a little breakdown, got myself some uh, help pulling myself together, came here to reconnect. And Detective Chimp has a great joke. Help, huh? Blonde or redhead? And I'm like, you're a fucking monkey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, one thing I want to point out that is a nice touch is if you notice, from now until the end of the book, uh, Ralph is wearing a wicker wedding band uh, that's made out of the straw that uh, was his Also, wife, we know that Stephanie. Detective Chimp is part of the Republican Party, he says here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, they actually, I don't know, uh, we never said this on the air, so I might as well say it now. They had a comic in like 2008 where they established most DC heroes are Republican, even the Wonder Woman. <laughs> I mean, so, I think that makes sense. I, I just want... <laughs> I want, I need to say something. I was looking forward to four storylines. One of them was Ralph Dibney trying to find out what happened to his wife and whether or not she'd be resurrected. And when all this stuff happened, this is when I immediately dropped him. It's not just because it gets into magic and starts getting like really weird and you kind of just have to go along for the ride with it. But last we left him, he was like traumatized by what had happened and it was almost as though he lost his mind. And from here, it's almost like none of that happened or mattered. And I, well, I really, really hate 
how quickly like characters just kind of like, be- push well, through. It's because people in comics generally don't experience like long term trauma. Like they, they get over it within an well, issue. I mean, I still well, I, I still it, 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 it does matter. Uh, <laughs> I I will just say we are only half with. Yeah, it does matter what happens. But his mental state right now seems like I think what Daryl's saying is like I still like the the Ralph Dibney stuff continuing on, but I I he doesn't seem like you, a guy you, who you was get, just you rocking. You get the impression that he's a little unhinged at all during these no. stories. Uh, no, all. because I disagree. Like, I disagree. I disagree. I, 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 even based on this, I got the I got the sense that he was a little on like he doesn't he doesn't go into what, how he recovered. He just says drop it as soon as the guy asks him. He's also staying in all of their favorite places together. Like he, he the reason why he's in France is because this is one of his wife's favorite places to be. That's why he says like I miss her. That's why Mar- Marseille. And like the, he does his whole quest about his wife but, does not end, and it still comes up in this volume. But to me, that stuff happens without the resurrection scene. I disagree. I think the resurrection scene misses her and he still like longs for her. I think it's it's a matter of opinion, but I completely disagree. I think we should wait until we see Ralph's story. Which which again (laughs) is the the issue when you're reading through something, you know, piecemeal at a time is this is where I'm at. Or I'm like, it didn't matter. And I hate that that scene because it left a very big impact on me. And I felt like it didn't leave a big impact on Ralph. I don't want to say it's an issue because I do think that part of the reason why we didn't want you to read the whole book is because I wanted to hear these impressions Halfway through, yeah, you, you fucked up, I mean? like, You fucked up with everything. Sure. No, no, I'm saying like this is exactly what I wanted. Yeah. If we did the whole book yeah. at once, we wouldn't get this like, hey, what happened to that plot? You know, like because yeah. we're jumping. Even though this is five weeks since that last time we saw him, it's still like that's not enough time to get over that. You know, so I think that's fair. Yeah, it's very fair. So, so now we cut to in Cincinnati, where it is Booster uh, Gold's funeral, and his his poor <laughs> casket is all like soda cola mourns your passing. Farewell <laughs> from your friends at Pepsi Cereal. <laughs> Always, yeah, and uh, there's all these like nobody's, like nobody's all it. these superheroes are just like no one you've never ever heard of or anything. It's, they just yeah, they, they were on yeah. like Craigslist for heroes. Which is and the they, were, they only came to get a gig out, out of the demand. Yeah. The only character of here that I recognize is this British guy is from the Justice League International. <laughs> He's like just some goof character that Booster was like, get a load of this fucking English <laughs> asshole. Hey, he was a time traveler, remember? It won't be born for 500 years, governor. Oi. <laughs> yeah. Oi. And then they fly away on one of the fat guys in the team. <laughs> He's like just inflates or something. So That's Clark Kent's like, it took three weeks to arrange this funeral, and Skeets is like, I had to find a city that didn't hate Booster Gold. Yeah. And he's like, Skeets, but he's never even been to Cincinnati. And he's like, yeah, I, I know. That's why they took him. Yeah. And he says, uh, this, so he sad. says, this, Clark Kent says, this isn't right. Booster didn't die in disgrace. He was, he was off in his game near the end. But this, is the, the, this world is too quick to forget the good the good some men do. Which, which is, yeah. That was my and then I like, I like especially that he says, I'll write this up for the Daily Planet and hope Perry doesn't bury it under the folder behind a hyperlink. That Clark yeah. himself, like, this is a cool thing for Superman to do where he's like, I'm just going to write an article about Booster Gold. Yeah. yeah. Like, I can't imagine great. a world where this kind of stuff was happening all the time. Like, what makes headlines? Like, uh, er, yeah. like it's... You know how people were talking about, like, when Trump got elected, how much desensitization, desensitization happens when it's like scandal after scandal? Where it's like, it reminds me, like, how would... People would just forget... About yeah, if a no-name superhero died or something, yeah. and, and if like you know, constantly there's just stuff happening like this. Yeah. So now Skeets finds this guy walking past named Daniel Carter, who is 
Booster's great 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 grandfather because Booster's from the future, and he's like he's like well, I'll talk to you later. I'm gonna come to your house. I've beamed uh, a number to your cell phone. We have to talk about your future. Skeet says that like, to this Booster guy who's wearing yeah. a JLA shirt. Yeah, he's just Which like what Booster smell. wanted to get into. Uh, he's got blonde hair, so he looks exactly like Animal Man and Adam Strange. <laughs> no, he looks exactly like Booster Gold. He does. <laughs> yeah, he does. But at least he's, that, to, he's yeah. an ancestor. He's supposed to yeah. look kind of like him. I don't know. I, I don't look exactly like my grandfather. <laughs> uh, if you guys are the same not. age, you might look pretty similar. Yeah. But it makes more sense than Animal yeah. Man and Adam Strange looking similar. <laughs> so now it cuts to uh, Egypt. Egypt where all the magic people are like, come on, Ralph. You know, they're, they're talking about all this, like it's supposed to kick off this age of magic and all this stuff. And... But, uh, so, basically, like, they're saying, like, you know, Ralph, you're usually more of, like, a detective guy. This magic stuff's not too weird for you. And he's like, desperate times, old friend. And they're like, what do you mean, desperate? And then all of a sudden, the, the helmet, the Dr. Fate helmet, starts, like, he, he talking to says, Ralph. What do you mean, desperate? You didn't say about desperate, Ralph. And then yeah. the helmet starts talking And then it's him. like, Ralph, Ralph, Ralph. And it cuts to inside the Dr. Fate helmet, where there's, like, all this crazy stuff about magic and... I, I, I was... Reading this one night, like, and uh, falling asleep while reading this particular issue, and I like woke up the next morning and I was like, "What did I read? Like, what was this?" <laughs> it's cool. I, I, going back, I'm like, "It is cool," but it's like it's very trippy, surreal, like magic stuff. Nothing is yeah. as it was before. The forces of magic in this new era obey new laws, new axes. Because they say basically that there's ages of magic, right? And this helmet was supposed to bring in the 10th age of magic and the, the helmet is telling Ralph that in this new age of magic, the m number one rule that people have forgotten is that nothing comes without a price. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. I thought this was cool. Cause I'm like, maybe magic won't just be magic. It'll be like, like a uh, sac the law of equivalent. Experience. Right. Like that's, that's cool. Magic. <laughs> it's cool. I, it was a cool idea to me. Cause they show all the sorcerer characters. I recognized two of them. Uh, <laughs> and so the guy who turned into water tried to get the power of Dr. Fate without using the rituals and the sacrifices and he didn't learn anything. So he just put it on and that's why he was turned into water and the helmet's like, and thus the opportunity falls to you, Ralph Dibney. I can give you the answers you seek. I can guide you through a realm where the barriers of time and space may be breached and your heart's desires can be yours for the asking. I am obliged, however, to warn you that the trials this journey requires will be beyond your imagining. Are you prepared to make every sacrifice I ask of you? And it shows a zoom in of Ralph's eye and in it is his wife, Sue. And Ralph says, I am. And the detective chimp is like, what are you doing? And he's like, you heard what it said and I'm ready. And the helmet says, then our pilgrimage begins. And Blue Devil's like, yo, Dibney, wait. It, is it? And, and, and so these, like, these, are, these are all the magic users and they say, yeah. okay, is it just me? Or did he think that the helmet was talking to him? And that's yes. why I'm, this, this is the first hint. He's not unhinged. There's magic in this world. Well, I know. I know the magic users don't, don't, don't didn't fucking uh, hear but it. But apparently so this and helmet I, for me, person. For, uh, this, this is my opinion when I first read so this is not supposed or anything. I, I immediately thought, is it magic or is Ralph just crazy? That's what I assume yeah. from this from this panel. I understand why you, if this wasn't a huge DC event, that'd be like, oh, maybe this could be crazy or not. But like here, it's like magic exists for sure. All the magic users had something happen in Infinite Crisis. I know, and and, and they're and they're all these are all they know more about Ralph is not magic at all. The fate only yeah. talked to Ralph, and they're all like, "What does he really yeah, think?" But that they the literally talked to? just were like, "So it's gonna pick a the helmet." Wait, so, wait, you don't think that's even a question here? I did not question it. I, I questioned it as soon as I got to this panel. I didn't question I, I it did because I don't know who Dr. Fate is, so I don't know if he only talks to one person at a time. But, but I think I, I, I don't really know Dr. Fate. I only know Dr. Fate from the Justice League cartoon at this point, and I was like, is he magic or I not? would, I, I, maybe it's just because, like, I know the magic characters, but I would trust the magic characters over 
the elongated man's view of magic, but I could... At the very least, I, 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 at the very least I wondered, like, what is going on where Dr. Fate's only talking to Ralph and no one else? He's the new successor. He picked them. I, I, I think that's fair to be like... Like, I can see your point, Sly. It does leave room open to it that Ralph is so unhinged that he mm. is, like, following something that may not yeah. be real. Okay. For me, I was thinking just that if this new magic era is going to be all about sacrifice, we know he's the number one candidate willing to sacrifice everything for what he wants. Yeah. It's like, why wouldn't Dr. Fate pick him to, to for this mission, you know? But... I will see. We'll see how it okay. goes. We will like see. I, said, I, didn't fl- I didn't fully remember. Yeah. I didn't fully remember this when I read it. So this is not spoilers or anything. Okay. Yeah. Week nineteen. Pope Lobo. That that's what the headline says. It says Pope Lobo at the bottom. What a great, what a what great greatness. <laughs> and this, this is why this is why because Daryl was like, oh, it's a fake out. The Booster Gold is back. And this is this is why I like what I did the covers because the covers show Booster Gold, Booster Gold in, in time and space. But it is set up that Skeets is going to Booster Gold's ancestor now. So now it's a question: Is it Booster Gold or is it an ancestor? Was that a fake out, or is Booster Gold really dead? My Which my I... biggest fear at this is that he was Skeets was going to go to the ancestor, and he was going to make him Booster Gold. And I'm like, I just <laughs> I don't want to see like an, I want to see Booster Gold, the guy from the future yeah. that was a failure. I don't want to see a guy from my time that's a failure. I I, I, yeah. I agree with you. I hundred percent agree with you. But, but I like how they did the covers where they can have Booster Gold covers and have the question: What what is yeah. what are they doing? It's not spoilers. Booster Gold's back from the dead. Yeah, it's the co- and as I said last time, JG Jones does all the covers, and this still. By episode two, still has my favorite covers of any comic book ever. So yeah, I agree with you, but I think that's a good way to set up a mystery whether Booster coming back yeah. or not. So yeah. it opens, uh, and you see the, uh, Booster's ancestor is just like Booster. He was a washed-up jock who was dumb. Yeah, he had like football games in high school that he was proud of, and that's the best he's ever gotten. He got hurt once, and yeah. you know he's so no good with he's... his money. Yeah, he's he's the fifth best term life salesman at Evergreen Insurance out of six. Yeah, <laughs> fifth out of six, and Skis is like telling him like. Why don't you come for me and I can make you a, a hero? And, and he's like, no, I'm going to go like Super and he'll make me a hero. He's like, I can guarantee make you a hero. Like, Trust me, I'm Skeets. Uh, I will make you a hero. <laughs> and he says, like, hey, we, me and Booster were, like, finding this atomic time safe thing. And, you know, it's coded to Booster's DNA and you match it. So you could you could get in there and, uh, yeah. you know. And, and Booster's answer just says, I'm, a, I'm being absolutely trusted by future to a flying toaster. That's a pretty huge gamble. And Skeets said, gambling runs in the Carter blood. <laughs> yeah. What if I could promise you to relive the moment of football glory over and over again for all time? And so I'm, I'm glad I got to be the one to introduce this concept because we come back to Starfire and, and that crew. And not only is Blobo a uh, fucking pacifist now, he's leader <laughs> of religion. He has a Pope hat on. A fish, a fish religion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The triple fish god. He's Pope. And this is what I want. If you're gonna, if you're not gonna have a character and stuff, just have wacky dumb shit happen. I God, of all the fucking Grant Morrison books that I'm like, Sly, this is my favorite. This means the most to me. The one that you're like, yes, is fucking Pope Lobo. God damn it, Pope Lobo. Yeah. I'm not a fan. You're right. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So how, this, this is why I'm a fan. I see this, this, I eat it up and feel like fuck you. I will defend this to the end. If, if this was not in a shared universe, a fucking dolphin because I'm them saying Lobo has requested to use awake and this a fucking dolphin asked him to go a meet Lobo. Space but this dolphin. is in the same world with. With intergang and the Chinese superheroes fighting in their, over their borders, and it's like that's why that's why I love comics. It's like so dumb and so <laughs> fucking pointless in time. 
Oh my god. Okay, so anyway, let's let's go into it. I think it's clear how we all oh. feel about fucking space. Yeah. Oh so they're asking Pope Lobo if his Pope hat on. Please help our people because they're on this like flying rock and like floating through space. It's like a giant th- alien refugee camp, and yeah. all these yeah. alien races are burning treasures of their civilizations which, to which stay again, warm. Again, there's bits and pieces where you're like this is interesting, and then they're doing this for Pope Lobo, so you're like that's dumb. And his his like <laughs> throne where he's so politically pointing at refugees, right, guys? Lobo. He's Donald Trump. Lobo is Donald Trump. He's like the dumb asshole you have to appease for help. I can't. It's not. And then there's like industrial industrial metal music playing in his like chapel. And he can't he can't because he did ask him, please use the eye. Please, President Trump, please use your presidential powers to save us. And the eye represents his voter base, which is turn against him. He's like, no, I can't. So yeah, the reason why Lobo has all this power is because he has this like magic eye that we don't know anything about. Yeah. Literally. They're just like I can't use the eye, and they're like, "Please use the eye." And and and, and, and like, uh, it's still fucking Lobo, even though he's a passive. He's like, "You fragging idiots! I can't use the fucking eye, goddamn it!" Like, I, I can't use the fucking eye. Like, that's it. No more eye yeah. talk. And everyone's getting pissed at him because he won't use the eye. There's me up to my nostrils in the steaming awful of one more contract hit, thinking, "Is this really the best use of your talents as a public speaker, Lobo?" And, <laughs> and lo, a voice came forth as if out of the guts and giz, saying, "Follow the fish," and that. And with that, the main man was redeemed. And he, so he gives up swearing, violence, pleasure of the flesh, <laughs> liquor. Yeah. It's awesome, yes. So, <laughs> it's um, awesome, yes. <laughs> we, come, we come back to... Um, uh, what's happening? Supernova. Oh, we come to Supernova saving people. Uh, uh, weather Wizard is flooding a place with weather magic powers. And, uh, the weather uh, It's not magic, it's science. Yeah, it's science. Yes, it's much like science has magic, basically. Yeah, yeah, I know. And I'm so the Weather Wizard makes... Uh, fucking magic. Well, magic weather happened, but Supergirl uh, shows up and Wonder, Wonder Girl. Wonder Girl. Wonder, Wonder Girl. Sorry, sorry. Uh, that's confused Phil more because you got confused with Power Girl and Supergirl. Is that a character before? <laughs> yeah. No, I got confused with Power Girl and what? Wonder Girl. Yeah, you got confused between those two. I don't know. Yeah. Wonder Girl's always so, so, but Power Wonder Girl. Girl has been established in this book as the one trying to resurrect yes. Superboy. So this is Cassie, the girl that was specifically that Wonder Girl that tried to resurrect, to resurrect yeah. Superboy. So this is like her, like showing that she's no longer like. Yeah, she's like I'm no, I'm no longer hanging out with those cultists, the Scientologists anymore. Yeah, yeah, she's like I'm not crazy. I'm not obsessed with Superboy anymore. And then yeah. Superboy. As soon as she says that, she talks to Supernova, saying, "Hey, you're Supernova," and she's like, "Hey, you look familiar." She's like, "Respect my personal space, please." He, gra- he grabs her away. hand. He moves it away because she was going for his mask and he moves yeah, her yeah. hand away and he, she says and she says take care she says i will S- super uh no uh connell which is superboy's name yeah. so she thinks superboy is super and i was like what like is this superboy because i didn't even think about superboy coming back as a different well, because i'm like mystery. yeah the disintegrating ray i'm like there's no way a superman ha- like how did he get this power I I am actually I am legit interested in the supernova mystery. It's just like his thing isn't only about that, like that the arc. Yeah. Like it, 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 he intersects with like a lot of other people. Yeah. 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 So uh, we cut to um, Daniel. Daniel's wearing the, a Flash T-shirt. Back now. to the time vault. I have to say, blonde Daniel with boosters goggles only. He does kind of look like Animal Man. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. It's because of the blue, yeah, the blue. It's, really. it's so funny. Like, this is the one story I focus. That's the funny thing is this, is, this is like we're gonna focus on the obscure characters. So we're focusing on all the blonde characters, which are all the obscure <laughs> characters. So, 
Uh, Daniel, uh, so Skeet's like, I'm going to let you into the place with my... But he I'm, has I'm, to stay I'm, out front to hold yeah. the door open with his time. So uh, he's like, yeah. Daniel, go check out what's going on. Because he didn't get to see what Booster was looking at when, when Booster saw it. All's full, it's all's full. Yeah, and, and now Daniel's going down with goggles that let uh, Skeet's know everything that he's like seeing. And then Skeet's is like, oh, he knows. And he turns off, he sees... Because he sees the shrine that's all the like pictures of Booster and Skeet's. And it's like, it's all his fault. It's all his fault. Uh-huh. And it says yeah, time so is broken. Uh, you know, blah, blah, yeah. blah. The stuff we saw. So he, he disconnects from the machine and traps Daniel into the place. And all of a sudden, like, a black hole appears and starts sucking yeah, Daniel Yeah, because it, it says, red alert, red alert, lab entrance has been tampered with. Time loop vortex defense is activated. And he starts yeah. running, he's like, Skeets, help, get me out of here. Something's pulling at me. And Skeets is like... And he's like, you, 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 you promised me a chance to leave my moment. Daniel, over and over again for all eternity. I'm sorry I had to be this way, Daniel. I truly am. And Daniel gets sucked at this black hole. And Skeets says, but you served your purpose. He knows. Dun, 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 yeah, and then you're like, what happened? I thought Skeets was a nice guy, but... Skeets? Not a nice guy? <laughs> he's a murderer. Skeets and he's a villain? It's not just murdering. He, This guy, I think this this defense system just... You get stuck in a time loop forever. Yeah. Which yeah. is just awful. Which is a to hell, basically. Yeah. 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 Literal hell, yeah. <laughs> so, week 20. Alright. Week 20 has a cover of the space stuff. Looks... Like a space adventure going on with Adam a Strange. giant eye behind them. Yep. What is yeah. his eye? Hmm. And <laughs> apparently in Gotham, they found a bunch of Batman villains, like Calendar Man, uh, tied up on top of the police station. It's like, has Batman returned? Yeah, it's clear Batwoman. But the person down here looking through Wayne Manor isn't Batman or Batwoman, it's Supernova. He sees the Robin costume, he finds the Infinity Gauntlet. <laughs> yeah, it looks like the Infinity Gauntlet. I forget what this is. So it's, I think it's just part of Lex Luthor's like, power suit. But... The Infinity Gauntlet. It's, a, it's the Infinity Gauntlet. <laughs> it's the Infinity Gauntlet. It has like, a funny no, it is. Oh, it is. It is. It's five, five spots. Yeah, there's five spots in the same exact spots. Uh, Phil, Infinity Gauntlet. Uh, this came first before the Infinity Gauntlet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lurie Lewis, I respect your elders, Phil. <laughs> Back in Metropolis, we have a fire in a building, and uh, John Henry Irons is in there holding up the building mm-hmm. to sit, make sure everyone escapes. Um, he got this nice. It really shows you like how heroic John Henry Irons is. He's my and, favorite. And then the people in the are story. like, and the firemen are like, "We'll have the hoses ready for you when you come out." And he's like, "Oh, I appreciate that." As he's holding up the beam. He's my favorite character in this. He's my—he was one of my favorites in Death and Returns. He's cool. Of the he's very he's cool. really cool. That's so that's so neat because like I like John Henry Irons' plot, but I never like think of it as one of the big tent poles of Fifty Two. Yeah, that's I remember. So cool. I remember when I first read this. Ryan said like Steel's not one of his favorite characters, and I was like, I love Steel. Like I was on Steel. I like okay. Steel. Yeah, Obviously, I like it, as a Colossus but, like, fan, it's so cool that <laughs> what in, like how unexpected that feels like this is my stand. It's because he's a, a metal man, which I always like, and he's <laughs> oh, a, yeah. he has the family stuff, which I like. He's down to earth. He's also yeah. about yeah. justice. Yeah, he's yeah. like this is the right thing. Uh, all right, back in Pope Lobo in space. Uh, <laughs> My favorite plot. Oh, and now the only other thing that happens in the John Henry scene is now it's oh, on the yeah. news. It is public that Lex Luthor could take away the genes as quickly as he can. Is yeah. it public or is that yeah. that, that the, the doctor knows? Oh, no. It's not says, public. Oh, no. Okay, I misread it. He was like, how'd you know I was here at this building? And she said, it was on the news. But it doesn't matter. This I now morning. have official data that says this. Yep, yes. that he can take. He gives you powers, he can take it away. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Back to this refugee camp with Pope Lobo. Uh, he's like, let's <laughs> sing a hymn. But everyone's like, fuck you. Make the I do shit or else we're going to fucking overthrow you. And he's just sitting there yeah. shaking his fist. He, well, he's like, okay, strength. the Pope is basically saying, I'm going to leave with these three strangers. You guys will send help <laughs> later for the rest of the refugees. You know, bye. And they're all yeah. screaming. They're like, please help. And then the, the dolphin is like, please use the eye. Fishy, you know I can and you know why. <laughs> <laughs> I love Daryl's Lobo so Me too. much. And then there's a bunch of swarm of 
alien bugs that fly yeah, like through that. space and just start eating everyone. It's like it's, it's like tornadoes. Yeah, tornadoes of yeah. Bugs. Just tell her carry on to call it. They feed off dead and dying plants. Yeah, and he says the fish god. Lois says the fish god moves in mysterious ways. Uh, <laughs> Animal Man tries to use his animals. He's like breathing. So he takes, he can borrow the abilities of nearby animals. animals. Nearby, and here yeah. in space, which is why I think Morrison had him here. Why you want Morrison want to do this poppy plant in the first place? Because Animal Man does all these weird powers. Like he's like, I'm gonna use my fireballs. He starts shooting fireballs out of his mouth. Yeah, because like some of these space parasites. Which shoot is fireballs. another thing why I really like Animal Man is that's a unique power. It's not that it's like, well, I just run really fast like a gazelle, like or a like Starfire here, who's just shooting beams. laser beams. Yeah, Animal Man's like, I need an animal nearby, and then I emulate what they do best. Yeah. Yeah. And so they're shooting beams at these swarms of... And Lobo gets torn to shreds. Yeah, yeah. And he's swearing. He's breaking yeah. his own fish <laughs> but he swears, but carry He's on. holding the treasure chest with the eye in it, and when he gets torn to shreds, he drops it, and the eye rolls away, and some little guy, some, like, little bald alien man picks it up. By the way, when we say, when we say he gets torn to shreds, like, there's only one like, foot is left, like, but yeah. it's because he has a healing factor of, like, a million. It doesn't matter, yeah. but it's just... It's, it's, like, it, he has a single drop of blood. He can fully up. bring himself back. Yeah. Oto, Oto, lop, lop, and then he holds up the eye, he, this she. alien... Or she, yes. Because the, uh, they hold up the eye, and then it blows up everyone and the ground around them, and then another alien goes, Mama! Yeah. yeah. So, uh, then Adam Strange flies. There's so many fucking lasers in this goddamn story, in all of 52. It's a space story! How's no, no, there's lasers in all of 52. Everyone shoots lasers. And, and I, I love that every time a new character is introduced, I'm like, there's so many goddamn characters lit for Phil's lasers. The only lasers. two lasers are Starfire's beams and, 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 and fucking Adam Strange's ship, which, ha- which should have lasers. Ship Sorry, have everyone lasers. shoots beams, though. <laughs> well, no, just those two. Yeah, I managed fireballs. That's not a beam. Okay. Right. <laughs> You'll find so anyway, more beams. So they shoot beams at these swarms of bugs because that works, I guess. And then they hold up the eye, or Starfire holds up the eye, and we see like the glow of the the green glow because it's the emerald eye of whatever they said. Ekron. The, yep. And then we see like the planet they're on glow green, and then in the distance is the green speck, and then we see this big f- head with. Uh, mechanical spider legs. It looks, like a de- it looks like a devil's head merged with like mecha- spider- mechanical spider legs. It looks kind of like Death's head. It but like but it's head got like a green dome on its head and it looks like there's a guy sitting in a chair in it. Yeah, it's a ship that was made out of somebody's head. Oh. Yeah. And then one eye of is missing and he says something in Alien. Yeah. And, then and, and then, then, later on, just minor, later on, they do, Lobo says, you fucking idiots, that's that guy's eye. We saw his eye and I was trying to hide it from that guy. That's Ekrod, you asshole. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, right. Uh, Lobo comes back. He's naked. People are like, no one wants to see that. He sings. The, <laughs> the ship sings. His yeah, bike. Uh, Word Bubble covers his naked body. <laughs> uh, I really like when Word Bubbles cover like nudity. Yeah. It's so funny to me. Yeah. And then, so he sings for his bike. His bike sings back and shows up. And the, the dolphin is like, remember your vow. I will sh- tread the yeah. triple fold path of peace. And he's like, ah, vows. This is what but happened. But he basically says, that guy, Ekron, is coming to destroy this whole camp. We got to get the hell out of here. Yeah. 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 He'll tear the cosmos apart. Uh, to get it back, and so they get they get on the bike and the ship, and they're oh like, God, "This this really was just like all Lobo, other than John here. Henry Irons." Yeah. What are you well, doing? The covers always tell you what you're in for. What are so you doing, Fifty Two? Stop! <laughs> That's what I like. I, I do like that the, the covers tell you like which which is the focus. Like, focus, yeah. but the usually it, it jumps around a lot. Like at the beginning issues, it was jumping between like almost every main character. Whereas here, but, but this but was I think just it was more like to establish. Irons and then just this. 
Well, I also like I I like that there's like because the plots are actually paced. So like sometimes there's a week where something doesn't happen yeah, to you, yeah. you know him. Ralph Dibney or whatever. Yeah, like Ralph Ralph was one of the reasons why Ralph didn't show up is because he was just recovering from what happened to him. So he's been gone for a month at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Week 21. Week 21, issue 21. It opens with Natasha going and she's talking to uh, Lex Luthor in his office. And she's being like, Eliza's been off the sharp. She's, she's, been the, clean. she's the speedster on the team. Yep. Yeah. And she's been clean for weeks. It's like, she didn't mean to insult you. She's sticking up. It's like, please let have her join the team. Lex is like, hmm. So then she goes back and Eliza's running around congratulating Natasha back at like her um her like dorm room. Oh, this is actual footage of me in college talking to Phil about how much I fucking love the flash. I like this touch because she's shows like she's more uh, she's a fanboy and she loves the flash. Yeah. Like, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be up in the ranks, I'm gonna be up there of Kid Flash. Everyone's gonna think I'm the new Kid Flash, I'm gonna be great. The reason why she's on Luther's team is because she wants to like prove to the Teen Titans that she can cut it as their new Kid Flash. Yeah, and Natasha's like Titans aren't all that because she got over that. But it, it's neat to have the speedster be like, I want to be She's like, wearing a flash t shirt, there's flash stuffed animal, there's flash posters on them all. She yeah. is like a She's a, a little much, but yeah, she's a, a flash fangirl hundred percent. Yep. And then it, we cut to Adam. We cut to Ralph Dibney. Ralph Dibney. Now <laughs> Ralph is doing the weird space shit where he's talking to a fucking defender of like a sacred gate with the. It's, it's like an Aztec, Aztecian gate. He's defending the Aztec afterlife, Micklin, and he's like, uh, it looks like they're in space. It looks like they're in space. Yeah, and it's like. I want to get in. I wrapped you up like he's all wrapped up, and he's like, the, the mask knocked you out, but I gave you Jingold so that you're all wrapped up, and do you know what happens when, like, Jingold wears off? All your bones start breaking slowly one at a time. So he's like, let me through yeah. the gate, and then he so opens... It's like, it's like Adam being like, I'm going to step on your brain to kill you, like a, a, uh, <laughs> yeah. a Silver Age character taking a dark. Yeah, being yeah. dark with their... You want to be elongated? I'll show you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm a joke, Phil. I'm gonna long game. <laughs> so he he like kicks it. him into like the pit, and then they go down into the afterlife. Yeah. And then it go it cuts back to Lex, and they're chasing after who is this? the Hulk, the Block new Buster. blockbuster. Hey, Buster. we saying, me and Daryl were saying the other day how when he brought up the Doctor Fate thing, we were like, every there's a there's an analog for every single Marvel DC hero that is the other version. Of yeah. The funny thing is, the Hulk the Hulk is already rip off of an existing DC character too, but he's another rip off of rip off the blockbuster. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it was, it was great, too, because we couldn't find out who the Hulk analog was, and here comes Sly, and he's like, actually, the Hulk is a <laughs> <laughs> uh. so, so the main thing is Blockbuster's just this big guy that throws stuff, and Lex just exposits that they just spent a bunch of money to buy the trademark for an actual DC team of, like, old, like, Golden age characters, so they buy, they, they're now officially Infinity Inc., and just this, this is this is, this is important for like a theme. I don't know. It's something I didn't expect Daryl and Phil to catch on. Yeah, it's but, a meta thing. It's, so Infinity Inc. are like the teen titans to the Golden Age heroes. They are the spinoffs of the Golden Age heroes, like the Justice Society. Like the guy, yeah. uh, the Green Lantern uh, um, that showed up before the original Green Lantern. The daughter that died was a member of the original oh, Infinity Inc. Okay, yeah. So it's it's like Earth Two's Teen Titans were. Yes, basically. Infinity. Yeah. Got okay. it. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who the Justice Society is, so I'm like, <laughs> yeah. That was the Justice League of America. The Teen Titans show up, minor. Yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, I could tell that. Guys, I'm not a comic book amateur anymore. I, I... The only thing that really matters here is that not only did they buy the team name, but now everyone on the team is named after one of those characters, and a lot of those uh... characters are dead. 
so okay. he basically bought Lex bought the names for dead heroes and was like, "That's us now." Uh, That's a cool touch, and they all they all have different costumes too, which is a really nice touch because I was like, "Their yeah. old costumes are dumb." And so. basically, as yeah. they're doing this fight, like Lex is in like a control room, like overseeing. He's like, "This is our first big scrap. Uh, you know, they're gonna this is gonna be on TV, so we got to make sure this goes well." Yeah. So uh, the the beat of the, the beat of the blockbuster, and this is this is why I'm saying it, uh, it ties in because. Uh, Beast Boy shows up with his own version of Teen Titans because right now Nightwing is with Batman, Starfires in space. Like the iconic Teen Titans members are all gone, so it's just Beast Boy and Raven and a bunch of new guys. Like no, yeah, a bunch of new like totally Big like Barda, just like Zatanna's like brother, some guy. Yeah, from... it's it's intentionally supposed to be a bunch of like watered down versions of other heroes. Yeah, like, these, are, these are not like uh, important characters. These are all like knockoffs. Okay, it's always hard to tell because yeah. I'd be like, this yeah. character is dumb, and so I was like, how dare you, Zatanna? That's, 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 that's what. I, that's why I was going to say I was going to hate this because these characters are supposed to be like who are these people but you're going to say like am I supposed to know these characters? Fuck this book. Yeah, this book sucks. It's, it's, I'm always who are it's these people. It's because half the time you are supposed to know who little Barda is. <laughs> no, but like uh, my, 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 when I get mad it's because I'm like I'm, I get or mad Dr. when I'm Fate. like I feel like they introduced them well enough so if you're a new eater you could be like yeah. okay and move on but you're like I have to know them completely like inside and out or else fuck this book. I feel like the majority of characters that are introduced in this book that you have to know somebody exposits about who they mm. are. It's just one of those things where I don't know if I'm supposed to know nuance between characters or relationships mm, or stuff like that's that. That's fair. I, 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 I like, I, a lot of times, I have to look up whether a character exists or not. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know this character existed. That's cool. I didn't know he he yeah. was an existing character. I, I didn't know he was an existing character. I like that they establish a history very quickly or easily without knowing either or. Mm-hmm. But I, anyway, the main crux of this yeah, scene I, is I that Beast Boy... I think before even the Teen Titans show up, one interesting uh, uh, key for what's going to happen is that Lex, as they're fighting Blockbuster, Lex is in the control room and he says, amplify the key wave on Blockbuster 30% and lock interference telemetry on trajectory. And you're like, what is happening? Trajectory yeah, he's, is... he's controlling yeah. Blockbuster. So the yeah. Teen Titans argue for a little while, where Beast Boy's like, you know this is Lex Luthor, like, he's obviously a bad guy. And she's like, no, he's giving everyone hero powers. Like, he's like she's totally bought into it. I love this interaction. This is one of my favorite parts of this arc of 52, actually. Oh, wow. Like, the second wow. thing. Because it's, it's all these characters showing up that I assumed were, like, named characters. Because they're all part of the Teen Titans now. And it's this great interaction between them being like, you're a nobody. You just got your powers because they are given to you. And then they yell at them, and it's like, you're a blood brat. You're, like, a legacy character. You get your powers, you know, it just hands down from generation to generation. Mm-hmm. Like Sasuke and, and Naruto, right, guys? Yeah. That's what we were all thinking. <laughs> And it's just, it's a really cool interaction because it's basically, this got me thinking about how Lex's team, even though they're supporting, like, they're behind Lex and stuff, they are superheroes. Even if these Teen Titans are like, you don't deserve this. It's like, well, who does deserve superpowers? Who does deserve to save people? Like, they're all doing good things still. And this shows Lex's rhetoric from the first arc, like, up front, right, directly. Like, it's a natural extension of what he was saying earlier. Yeah, Infinity Inc., uh, I, and I think it's interesting. Infinity Inc. has a moral high ground. Teen Titans are like, you're not real Infinity Inc., you're, like, you're stealing a name. Yeah. And they're like, are you really the real Teen Titans? Like, you only have two original members. Yeah, like, all... yeah. And even then, they're not even original members. Yeah. Like, they're like, where's your Kid Flash? We have one. Where's yours? Yeah. Or Super Clone. So... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then while they're fighting, Lex kicks block- Blockbuster up to full. Yeah. So, and he breaks out. Yeah, he breaks out and he goes like on a rampage. And as he jumps away, 
um, Eliza, the speedster girl that was that Lex was mad at and that she was all excited to join up again, she runs after them. I love the way they show her speed because as she's Natasha goes, uh, Eliza wait, and then as she's zoomed past, and in the background, it's still it's still it's Natasha, Natasha going, looking at where trajectory was. This girl, yeah, she's so fast. Yeah, so she runs up and she wants to impress the Teen Titans. She's like, I'm gonna be a star. Yeah, and that's why I like it's this. It makes sense that she would go after them after the the Hulk dude. So she runs after them and then you see lex pressing the trajectory button and then or the person at the control panel pressing trajectory then they press a button and suddenly she loses all of her speed powers and without any powers the hulk dude just smashes her and kills her instantly yes. you just and, and uh lex says contact the first alternate in the female caucasian candidates list infinity yeah. needs a new member and i love two there yeah. it's a caucasian candidate so yeah because like, they have diversity right they're yeah. like we have to have yeah. one of everything and then yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it cuts to her funeral in Manchester, Alabama. And yeah. who gets to give the eulogy but our good friend Lex Luthor? Yeah. Trajectory gave it to save the Teen Titans and their teammates. Yeah. Her sacrifice will always be remembered. And oh, by the way, so one of the members on Teen Titans is Hotspot, the guy who died in Here's a Crisis. Yeah, black yeah, guy. I saw I'm that. heating oh up. Oh my god, I didn't oh, that. Yeah, they're not just nobodies. How dare yeah. you guys? This is Hotspot. <laughs> I'm heating up. <laughs> <laughs> And, the, and, oh and but I bring it up because Hotspot's like I thought I could work on that team, but this kind of team kind of sucks. Uh, I'm leaving the <laughs> yeah. team, Beast Boy. And then, oh my god! Uh, then the Big Bar, the knockoff, and Power Boy are like, yeah, this team Power sucks. Boy. Bye. And then the knockoff Zatara is like, Power Boy is. <laughs> it's because they're always like opposites. Of, we need a Power Girl and a Power Boy. Sorry, go but ahead. these are like these are intentionally supposed to be like super washed up knockoff. Yeah. Like they're supposed to be no. Yeah. And Zatara's like, I'm gonna go too. And Raven's like, please don't. And he's like, okay, I, for you, Raven. <laughs> Garfield needs to uh, Beast Boy needs to more like please don't leave so now they have three members on Teen Titans and then uh, John Henry Irons is at the wedding he's all sealed again at the a funeral you <laughs> mean the wedding of Eliza to death and he's like Natasha we need to talk and she basically just like blows up on him it's like my friend died and you came to lecture me at a funeral and she's yeah, like just, just me get out here yeah but people always like we know something's not right Mr. Irons how can Titans help yep yeah, and then I have no idea what any of this is. So good luck. Someone explain this. To me. <laughs> this is this is the tornado. That's when Magway comes up this again. This is the tornado again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So now, like a, a, a mechanic, random mechanic is like, "Where is my mechanic? Johnny Why is he not Urawa, doing his work? Or whatever." <laughs> yeah, but it turns out the, the, his mechanic is actually working on the red tornado new body for him using all random spare parts. I yeah, see. and he looks like he's got like a big stereo on him. His legs are made out of wood, and like it's just like a very like you know, uh, you know Tony Tony Stark built this in a cave. I, I should have known with the yellow arrow on his head because when I first saw this, I was wondering if this was someone trying to make Mercury Man from Intergang. <laughs> that this is the mechanic that they hired to make the the robots and stuff. Yeah, it says that's, that's why that's why comic characters have. Such distinctive, I think that's why it's a good thing. Come characters have such distinctive like color palettes, like red and white, mm. yellow. Because like you could yeah. tell, like it seems like this, like, it is red tornado because he has a yellow arrow on his fucking face. Yeah, like, yeah, like, like that was my bad for missing that. Even though, like again, you're just one I, always I wants the pictures to tell the story, not the fucking text, Daryl. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Week twenty two opens with Lex watching some footage of. Uh, Supernova. Apparently, Supernova and... sees the Lex satellites from hundreds of miles away all the time and just zaps them whenever he, he knows he's being watched. Yeah. And I'm like, geez, yeah. this guy is. Yeah, paranoid. and they're like, "This is the best we can have," but we finally have his name. I, I, I read the scientist girl. comes in like pitching his idea, like, "Guys, yeah, I, I figured it out. I got everything." And he's like, "Good news, sir. Your son, because if you if you remember from Infinite Crisis, uh, Lex Luthor's half of his DNA was used to clone Superboy." I didn't remember that. I did. Well. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, he's like, don't worry, your son didn't die. He must have used his telescopic vision to see the satellite. And Lex is like, you're fired. He didn't have telescopic vision. No, what, what I like the best is like, he's like, oh yeah, you're right. He got my telescopic vision. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You fucking idiot. And he like, he like, he like plays along with him saying, you fucking idiot afterwards saying, he doesn't yeah. have telescopic vision, you moron. He's like, you spent three weeks devoting an incalculable amount of LexCorp resources to retrieve the deluded mewlings of a pathetic, lovesick teenage girl who misses her boyfriend. Yeah. Isn't that right, Supernova? And Supernova's just standing <laughs> outside taunting him (laughs) and yeah he's floating outside the window and lex is like he thinks he can fool me fool all of us who is he obviously and he takes out a marker (laughs) and draws on the window and he's like he's obviously superman (laughs) and he's like he he, there could be only one reason he's in this costume just to mess with me and the scientists are like jeez it really is all about you isn't it he's like i want to do the metagene tests on someone else me (laughs) but i I like this touch because first of all we like as readers we assume they can't be superman because you know clark kent's around yeah yeah. But this is something Superman does all the time. He like floats around like Superman's base, like like mocking. Yeah, he's like, like fuck you, like fuck you. And it's like uh, so this, this is very Superman behavior. Like I wouldn't blame like Superman for believing this. Like he doesn't know like Superman's Clark Kent. I mean like Superman's Clark Kent. And then it cuts to a new character who, full transparency, I do not remember him or how he factors into this plot at all. That's, that's why I find it awesome. That is cause spoilers because like, now I'm like this guy's not important. You know? <laughs> he might be. It has been like several years since I read. But this. that's why I love I, this because you don't know like. Yeah. yeah, you don't know if there's another new, new plotline being introduced. I thought this was brilliant. And just even if no matter how this goes, I think this is brilliant that they introduce him because you don't know if it's important or not. Yeah, yeah. So it's this this Native American man who's like really buff, and he's on the bus, and there's like this girl getting hit on by this super creepy guy. So this this guy says, "Dude, she wants you to back off," and he's like, "What are you gonna do about it?" And what does he call him? Shitting yeah, bull. Yeah, he calls him oh, shitting yeah. bull. And Pretty so funny, he just but th- also really terrible, yeah. and this guy deserves yeah. to be thrown out of the bus. Yeah, so he gets thrown out of the bus, <laughs> and then the lady's like, "Hey, wait up! You know, you wait first. First, the police after the bus lands, lands uh, stops. <laughs> yeah. the, the police say you're lucky he was a rapist. Or else you'd be in <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's how it works. It's not. Yeah, yeah, you're allowed to you're allowed to throw rapists out of bus, and you don't get you don't get charged. <laughs> But, uh, so she's like, wait up. And he's like, I only hit the guy because I haven't hit anybody in a long time. Go back to your dreams. You don't want to know me. I'm a loner, Dottie, a rebel, basically. But she's like, you seem like a nice guy, John, standing a beard. Don't you want to fly, too? He says, I'd only fall. Watch yourself in the clouds. I like the idea that random people on the bus speak in such poetry. Yeah. But she's like a nerdy girl. Like I think she's probably yeah. like a literature. She's like a Phil, probably. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm a I'm a nerdy girl. She's got glasses. That <laughs> works for me. And then it cuts back to Lex, where Lex is running more tests because it's revealed that he is negative for this gene therapy, and all he wants is to be Superman. Yeah. And then we get some more exposition with this John Standing Bear. He's coming home because it's his dad's funeral. And his, he's talking to his grandpa, and basically John, like, left the family after his, his mother died, and he was like, and the grandpa's just like, you don't give a damn about your heritage and your obligations. And, 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 and John's, like, calling, calls his grandpa, like, a fucking crazy old drunk. Like, what are you rambling, fucking crazy old man? He says, yeah. he says they're two evil old men that shared an apartment, and that his grandpa will wind up back in jail where he belongs. No, the grandpa's saying that to him. Oh. The standing Bull was apparently in jail at some point, and if yeah. you the cop said that earlier, like you wouldn't be saying he should deserve a medal if you've seen his service record. Yeah. So something yeah. something happened with him. Yeah, but then the grandpa reveals, and I actually I I really like this concept because the grandpa reveals that there's this Manitou stone that's passed from father to son that made them this like Native American superhero, and Super he says Chief. I would, yeah, and he was like I wouldn't give this to you. 
but like you're the only one and it only works on Bloodlines, so I guess I don't have a choice. Here you go. And I really like the idea of a legacy hero where it's like he has to because it, it won't work for anybody else. And he says, I'll give you this if you do something for me. Yeah, and then he fucking kills him in his sleep. He, kills, he puts, yeah. pillow, puts a pillow over his head and suffocates him. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, to become the super chief, you have this big, like, helmet thing that has horns. and it's like, like a bull's really, head. Yeah, it's like a bull's yeah. head. Gives, and you wear this necklace. It's supposed to be like a, bice, a buffalo, I think. And, yeah, buffalo. I think buffalo. And, and it's like you, yeah, you run as fast as a thousand uh, deer. You're as strong yeah. as a thousand bears. And I, I really, like, so much of it is based on Native American, like, iconography yeah. And, you know, the keen senses of the wolf nation and like you can leap higher than the tallest trees in the forest. And I I always really like when there's there's superheroes that aren't just like white guy does white power fantasy stuff. And uh, so this is why why I say like like stuff a lot because it makes you because like Grant Morrison is a lot where he has like a, a new he takes like old obscure like kind of racist characters, yeah, and uh, brings them into the modern age and tries to make them more respectful. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. like, th- th- like these guys seem like very much to have like the uh, afflictions of the modern, like Native American with a lot of drug problems, a yep. lot of uh, so like it seems like it might it might might be actually like, setting up a new Native American superhero. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and and the fact that he like the grandpa's like I need something in return, and it's like an assisted suicide. Like it's immediately like. Much more interesting than the usual exposition dump new hero. I also kind of got struck by lightning while standing near chemicals, yeah. just like my yeah. dad or uncle or whoever. <laughs> yeah, much, much more interesting than that. So now Le- it cuts back to Lex, and he's opening the Lex Luthor School of International Business Studies and Policy, or uh, Trump University. And <laughs> he he's saying that, you know, they're, they're talking about, he's talking to the media and some people, like some other rich people about Infinity Inc. and how it's, he says it's an equitable program where we let people pay within their means. So if a rich person wants to be a superhero, they got to pay like 30 grand. 30 like mil. Eliza, <laughs> Oh, 30 mil? He's a, he's a, yeah. So, Lex Luthor's a cap, uh, not cap, he's a capitalist hero. He gives you coins you need. Yeah, and he's like, Eliza came from an impoverished family, and we charge candidates according to their means. Her fee was entirely waived. And then this guy brushes in, he's like, you're a liar. You know, unlimited power, yeah, for you. You screw the rest of us. It's about control. He gives you these powers, and he takes them away. And Lex obviously knows this guy. His name's Mr. And Ferry. the whole time, Steel is in the background in a trench coat. You can yeah. see his uh, shiny skin. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. He should like reveal when he takes off his his uh, hat, but it's, you could tell. It's still How do people in the crowd not see this shining man? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and he, the guy, Mister Ferry, gets kicked out, and he's like, "No, do you believe me?" And John Aaron's like, "I believe you." It's it's time people started hearing the truth behind Lex Luthor's metagene therapy. So tell me your story, and I'll listen. I'll make sure the world listens too. Yeah. And then we have it cuts back to Magnus, who we haven't seen in quite a while, and the doctor, the guy who created the mailman. Yeah, yes, like, the guy yeah Mercury's working, he's, but he's like only his torso on his head, so he's like stuck on this uh, bed, uh, cracking wise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why don't you reanimate Platinum right now? We'll go fight weird science monsters like we used to. The Metal Men all together yeah. again with you trying to tell us what to do. And he said, he says, he says, I kind of like it's funny because Doctor Magnus explaining all these serious stuff. Like, I kind of had a mental breakdown, Mercury, for a while, even though I, I, I even thought I was a machine. You're all my flesh and blood friends. <laughs> and Mercury's yeah. like, me, flesh and blood? Huh? He yeah. says, excuse me, while I simulate nausea, Doc. <laughs> yeah, and now. Evil, the evil versions of the robots show up because... Who, what is... I, I couldn't figure out what was happening here. Uh, so, these robots are, evil are the evil of versions of the robots. Metal Men, and we don't know yet who is bringing them, right? 
I I assume there's just ro- even robots that were impersonating the, the Metal Man. Cause well, the thing is, he says that they want the secrets of robots with human emotions. They won't quit until I hand it over. So, like, when they show up, it's they can still animate them, but only as, like, like remote-controlled robots. Yeah, they, not say, they say, as... re, period, this, period, tense, period, is, period, not, period. Like, it's, yeah, it's very yeah, broken yeah. up. Yeah, so they don't have like the they don't have independent thought like the metal men do, and but it is then because he has like a super magnet that takes out iron, and he uses this corrosive acid that dissolves platinum. And then Mercury and... is like, I'll take him down. And this is this is, this is why I said it's me like the metal men because Mercury is basically sacrificing himself. It's really dark for like a, a torso. I know that's that, that's why it's yeah. so heartbreaking because it's so goofy, and, but he still like obviously cares for Doctor. Yeah, Man. he jumps into to fight one of them, and then you see him being crushed into liquid, and he goes squeeze quarks one zero one zero. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that like that, it's, 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 it's so effective for me because he's such a goofball, and he, but he still like yeah. care about the doctor to die for him. And then yeah. a sentinel shows up and blows up. <laughs> uh, his house. So, Darrell, these came yeah. first. You fucking asshole. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. So so yeah, he goes outside and goes, oh dear God. He's like, I don't I don't want to be crazy again. And they're like, mad scientists only, Dr. Magnus, and they blow up his house. Yeah. And thus ends week twenty two. Alright, so the cover is Adam Oh, I'm really glad Sly's doing this one too. <laughs> Let's see Adam Strange. Black Adam holding uh, the body of of uh, looks like a dead child. Uh, Egyptian mm-hmm. child. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yes. Oh, they found the brother, the brother's dead. Yeah, that's what makes you think, at least. So, Spoiler. It, oh, sorry, opens up with Magnus being taken to uh, a mad scientist island. Everyone's just a, a mad, mad scientist. It's he scientist. gets there in a giant mech. It's a giant piloted... cricketron. He's like, help my guy! Cricketron. Yeah, it's being piloted by a gorilla and an alligator oh, man. man. And they, they have the set defenses to destroy by the way, because like expected, of course, a cricketron would <laughs> berserk would destroy it. Scientist. Yeah, he's on Oolong after, Island. After half the guards are like incinerated. Yeah. <laughs> like, so like, yeah. I'm like, it's like Doctor Adventure type of shit. Um, yeah. Venture so Brothers. it's he's on Oolong Island and he's waiting. Uh, he's greeted by Professor Morrow with uh, Margarita, and it's the island of Professor Morrow. Yeah, yeah. So they have uh, they basically took all the mad scientists in one place and have them basically create whatever they can come up with. Like make your mad scientists. They give them unlimited budget and they give them a lot of drugs and they're like just do whatever. And so they're just and they constantly... have they have like they have hot women around everywhere. Too. Yeah. So they just constantly yeah. make it's like the ultimate nerd fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> so see. This to me, besides like all these new characters, I bet Daryl hates it. I hate this so much. <laughs> it is the most doesn't parody, make sense. Yes. It's so goofy. It doesn't take itself seriously. How could this even work? Women are being used as trophies. And then there's a little headless Bart Simpson robot running around this. <laughs> but here's the, here's the thing: woman, woman, like villains would. Like that's that's the thing villains do. They do won't use women as trophies. Like that's not yeah, like yeah, I know. It's not, it's not endorsing it. It's not like the hero saying let's have yeah, them trophies. Know, like, but there's a lot of people that's like I just don't care for it. <laughs> Seeing it in fiction, especially I I, I can I can definitely side with Daryl a little here, just because like Magnus is someone that I really bought into being like a good guy, and like Morrow, I understand why he would love this, but Magnus is like having Magnus not immediately be like this whole place is super fucked up. You know, well, well, Magnus, know, but Magnus is, is like this place. I don't want to do this. He does. He, he, that's really spoilers because like next scene, he is like, I don't want to do this. Like, I want these guys. Right. Do, do you know this guy who says the tanner he is, the smarter he gets? Is he real? Is that uh, a real power? He, he probably is. <laughs> I, 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 I think he's some Silver Age scientist. He probably is. Okay. Like, he's a, Quimby. I think he made somebody. I don't know, but that sounds familiar. Yeah, I feel like if there's one thing to trust in Morrison, it's that he will dig back and like look. Yes. <laughs> So we cut to Yemen. Now they're using real locations. So so now like, now the crime Bible comes in. <laughs> crime Bible comes in. The crime Bible. 
They worship Kane and Moriarty and, from, and, from Sherlock Holmes. Is that yep, what that is? Yep, of course, of course. Who's a better criminal than him? <laughs> and this is this, this is like a, a comic thing that uh, Phil hates, but this is like something. This is this. I, I equate this more to the crime Bible stuff, more like D and D stuff, because mm. you have to. You're, you're you're not exploring like good and evil. As it is, you're exploring good and evil as will be in a in like a, a static black and white universe. But so that's D and D. See, that's the issue though for me is like I understand what you're saying, but in D and D you have like evil races that are naturally evil worshiping these gods. Where yes. Here you have like New York City exists, you have but demons. also, but 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 they have pure evil characters in DC. Yeah. Like there are people like, I want to do cause pain. Like and that's why I view it as it's an exploration of evil as a as a like a tangible concept because they, and they have they have universes like we talked about Earth 3 in Earth 3 good can never win it, it is established that good can never win in Earth 3 yeah, just like on our Earth good always wins good can never win in Earth 3 but like the crime bible? <laughs> but like but it makes sense like if you have pure evil what will they worship? crime I don't know. We have a lot of people that like still worship the Nazis, so yeah. I don't no, but know. like I, I, I it's like not... I, I'm not like I, I, I agree with you that I'm not down for this stuff. I enjoy pure explorations of Eve Grenivel, but this is like a comic book exploration the, of Grenivel. Like, how it, will be it, it, crime... in a in a Silver Age comic book universe? Crime Bible isn't self sustaining. Everything else is like we want us to be the ones to live. Like Nazism's like we want us to be the ones on top. Uh, fair, crime fair, Bible's fair. just like oh, uh, what if we just all stole from each other? You're like yeah. what? Especially like, because. A lot of what? bad people in real life are still motivated in their mind by what they think. This is. But you're, again, for the you're, world. you're exploring how much it makes sense. Well, this is like yeah, how what is the Silver Age view of evil? It's a Silver Age view. These guys are makes... trying to be Silver Age evil. What would a Silver Age villain worship? Because we're not. We worship the devil. Silver That's too dark. Well, but we are in a comic that references the Silver Age a lot, like with. Uh, space adventures okay. and stuff, but not yes. so much in the Renee question story arc. Yeah, I think that that's point. why this is especially like bizarre. For the conduct stuff had that interesting politics, and now it's like, but they're actually worshiping the crime bible. Or that, yeah. Black I, I want to say, I'm saying this. I'm saying so. As somebody who agrees 100 percent with you, but this is Graham Morrison. This is why I shun Graham Morrison all the time, I mean, even though I love him. A... This is a Graham Morrison thing. He loves doing stuff like this. Silver Age. Uh, the crime bible stuff is all rucka, but it, it's is still it? like okay. something like Graham Morrison. Bob Bobby's like, yes, he got he got hard off this shit. This is the type of shit he loves. Like his Earth Three story was about. this I love stuff. the idea that Rucka goes from like what well, Maxwell Lord what well, if you have to kill a, a villain to stop him from like killing another person to like what if the crime vibe what if you worship well, the thing the reason why I think brother. it's Rucka is because Rucka Rucka continues using the crime bible in another two arcs after 52 <laughs> So like I'm pretty sure it's gotta be him, but but all, all these all, every every like major DC writer lo- does do this stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, that's, like, true. that's true. Like Jeff, Jeff Jeff Johns does this too. Like they, uh, it's always like I agree with you, Phil. I'm just saying this as a, trying to defend this for people who do love this shit. Uh, okay. So anyway, like, let's like, get into rate what it and actually respond is. and let us know who the crime bible was made by. <laughs> <laughs> it was made by Kane, wasn't it? I forget. <laughs> <laughs> the first no, criminal because because they they have like multiple books in the crime bible and there's just like criminals throughout history I guess like I, I just yeah. don't understand okay. anyway all right it, it's not meant to be realistic it's meant to be comical so Renee and the question are watching this like ceremony where they're worshiping Cain yeah. and the crime bible and it's led by the snake woman yeah yeah. And they're, like, torturing, like, slave boys. It's basically you get brainwashed here or you get beat into submission. Yeah. yeah. And they bring out Isis's brother, Eamon. Yeah, so then, so they're like, Eamon's here, we have to go uh, jump in. Renee's like that, but the question's like, what are we going to do? We're going to find all myself. You have to wait for Black Adam to come here. But it doesn't matter anyway, because then uh, they alert a guard, and the guard starts fighting them. They throw, they throw them into the middle of the fray, of the ceremony. They, they basically would have happened if uh, questions stopped in the first place, but... 
Uh, but thankfully, Black Adam and Isis show up just in time to save them. I love this this tiger guy with he has pants but no shirt. He gets on the headset and he's like, "We need support." Black Adam and Isis are here, and then there's a pig with a gun, also no shirt but has pants. Oh yeah, and here's a reveal: Isis can he- uh, has healing powers, so she heals when they. She's wounds. like nature. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. she goes to her brother after they beat up all the villains and stuff, and she can't heal him because his wounds are too. His nerve because this isn't his first time being. Uh, beaten so they're like his yeah. his nerves and are been twisted and beaten for his like, legs are broken yeah so he'll never yeah, walk and i love that it starts raining inside because ISIS yeah that's cried. a nice touch because yeah. isis starts crying it starts raining inside. yeah i really like how she's like a nature goddess mm-hmm. uh yeah uh yeah. probably you know storm is rip off of her but you know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway black adam says like yeah you can't respect you can't heal him but we have a bond then we're family you and i isis that means him my, my brother we have a bond now. You say my name, brother. Say it, and he says Black Adam, and he turns into a, basically like a skinny Freddy's, Black Adam. like the the Black Adam of Freddie Freeman. <sighs> just they just Shazam yeah, they fucking ball. everyone all the time. <laughs> hey, I like this girl, Shazam. Hey, this kid. <laughs> but, that's, but that's why that's what makes Shazam beautiful because he's so willing to give away his powers. He is yeah. so open to his friends. He wants yeah. his friends to be. He want like if you if you have friends with you, I want you to be a hero too. Like, like I why would not I Shazam want you to be a hero? <laughs> like it's a little kid, and like Black. And it's really like Black Adam is opening up himself up too. He's yeah, it to I, I like that Black Adam's like this is a reverse where now it's like Black Adam's learning to Shazam other people and give them powers. I'm like this is actually like it's really cool that he's opening up to it. Although my yeah. always fear is like because comics, I'm like eventually he has something's got to happen to his family. Or Flash runs so fast they disappear. Well, 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 Shaz- well Shazam has a, has a family for decades, and no one ever had happened yeah. to them. Like the, Shazam still has his family. Well, I'm saying know. like yeah. the comic book, like the the status quo has to be Black Adam's a bad guy. We read a Shazam book after this. Where <laughs> Black that was Adam's after the, the reboot. That was after the reboot. No, you have to remember that was after reboot. That changed so many books, and like uh, especially uh, the Shazam family got completely revamped after reboot. Okay, we'll yeah. see if he stays. So uh, they he takes the name Osiris. Yep. Mm-hmm. I. Again, I'm like, he definitely is from ancient Egypt, not fucking Kondog. They're all Egyptian. Yeah, yeah so he he's, he's, he's the shape of me and namesake, like, I'm on. Yes, the, the stamina of Shu, the swiftness of Hera, the power of Aton. Yeah, like all, all And then we get letters. we get a cute moment where they're all hugging and happy and the questions just starts yelling, Black Adam, Shazam, Isis and Renee's like, What the hell are you doing? He's like, I just want to see yeah. if it was kids I, I thought that was funny too. Yeah, I actually I like him because he is like he is a bit of a goofball, even though he has like no face. Like you think he'd be like too serious, but he's actually just like kind yeah. of yeah. That, that's what I love about uh, Vic. Uh, why I like him way better than Rorschach? He's he like he has kind of like an aloofness about him. Like you wouldn't think he's about to die. He's still like is like kind of like uh, I'm not going to like sweat it. Kind of he's like, yeah. Because he's like a Zen Buddhist, so he's like I'm not going to sweat something happens. I'm just going to take it and ride it. Basically. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's nice. And then they, you know, they're like, we're a family now. Let's go to China. Yeah, yes. that ends the issue. Yeah, because they're going to change the world. Opens up with uh, the the cover is like this poster. It's like, we want you for the new Justice League. And it's Firestorm? No. What's this guy? You got it, Firestorm. Ah, Firestorm. Oh, Bullets man. here. I hate Whatever. this. Okay. I hate all this. So uh, we're in Star City in week 24. And um, Green Arrow is running for mayor. And yes. Firestorm yeah. calls and says, hey, Green Arrow, the Justice uh, Mr. Uh, Arrow, sir, uh, h- how are you? <laughs> and he's like, that Firestorm, uh, kid, how'd you get this frequency? And he's like, oh, I'm Firestorm's successor. I got his communicator. He says, I want to invite you to join the new Justice League. And it's Firestorm, the bullet tier. It's, uh, the, it's Ambush Bug. 
and Ambushbug. Ryan loves Ambushbug. Don't talk trash about God. it. So Ambushbug is a, is another Keith Giffen character that his whole thing is he's a satire that makes fun of comic books the whole time. That's his whole thing. Wow. He doesn't. He does not get featured here, but his books are absolutely hilarious. Deadpool's but, ripoff of Ambushbug. Is he? Yeah, that is true. Are, are, yeah, no, yes. are you, are you... <laughs> no, we're serious. We're serious. Deadpool's ripoff of Ambushbug. Oh my god. <laughs> Basically, somebody put Ambush Bug's personality and put him in Deathstroke's body, and there's Deadpool. I can't do this. I can't. I'm quitting the podcast. <laughs> so they're. It's not important. The whole point. Like this one was. That's why I get mad when I shoot. Because the whole point is these guys are here just to just to yeah. be failures. The whole point is there are no bodies and they're failures. I, we can't even handle that. Like you can't even handle them using nobody's a failures for the sake of being nobody's a failure. I can't do use anyone ever unless I know uh, everything about them. Here is why. I would just like to Sly's making a good point, but I also like to point out that Ambush Bug is eating chips, and that's Chip the. Uh, Squirrel Green Lantern is on the bag. Cool. Good. <laughs> I need to say why I awesome. think I hate all comic events ever. It, like as much as I, I've been, I've been enjoying Fifty Two this whole time. But at the end of the day, I still hate it because I, I, you know how I always complain and I'm like, why doesn't Superman show up when Daredevil or obviously not Daredevil, Daredevil. but like you know, you know, that's a question for Dad, Phil. The, the shared universe, the shared universe stuff always bothers me. And when it's all done, when everyone is in one comic, and I'm like, how does this world exist without? going crazy and tearing itself apart immediately. Like, what's going to happen soon is that a portal's going to open up over uh, Manhattan and pirates are going to fall out of it. And I'm like, this world can't sustain itself. Like, it want, this if this happens every week, like, this world is... But, but, but it doesn't happen every week. That's why it's it like, does. Every week, long we're reading week happens. by week thing and this, and this shit happens. Like, blockbusters but, 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 tearing but, but, but up... But we have it week by week. Uh, there's, not, uh, there's not been the world to crash. Month, there's been, like, a lot been... of Metropolis stuff that Superdome... How does the city exist? How, and, but, I, but, but sometimes, sometimes Metropolis, that's why the Metropolis has... Uh, like Superman level heroes because they usually clean up in a second. Like, but, and also one of the things that I want to point out is all this shit that's going wrong in Fifty Two. The whole point of Fifty Two is this is what the DC universe would be like if you all of a sudden took out the main. Characters. Exactly, like Superman will solve so many problems without even trying. Like you always bitch about Superman, but no, Superman I, keeps the world in order by himself, almost single handedly. Phil and I were talking about though was like the the amount of property destruction damage and how difficult that would be to or people's lives that you have to think at any moment a supervillain might pour out robots from sky from the sky. You've seen this happen uh, presumably like every year of your life, right? And somewhere around so that, that's why that's why you have people like Maxwell Lord who are like let's just kill everyone yes and that's why I'm like that, that that's the only way this world can sustain itself right like it, it can't exist for 50 years 60 years when this is happening like but that's, that's, that's why uh, that's why there's two views on it this is uh, this is why I bitched about modern DC for a long time there's the ones that cater to you where you're like I want to take this realistically yeah. and the ones like me who are like I want to have fun with these characters I just want to have a world where I have fun and escape from reality I, 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 the world's really shitty I don't need a <laughs> shitty bleak world I want to have Superman save people and just be like Superman save people that's why I don't like when a lot of characters die in like a big event I like Superman save people and it's a nice fun filler event I, like, I can understand that but that's what's weird about events to me is because they're like no look at how this would work if New York City had this you know like it's like a realistic yeah. world and I'm like it's not though this can't work ambush bug can't fucking exist like, <laughs> Like he, he just can't. He can't. He would be shot by someone, or like he he would have never. That's why my favorite. That's know. why my favorite Spider-Man movie is Spider-Man Spider-Verse because it's not trying to be realistic at all. It's trying to be super comic book, mm, yeah. and it's just a cartoon. I rather I have think that. This is this is to go back to the very beginning of the episode. This is what makes the difference between fans and non-fans. Yeah, Sly and I are true. like this universe can exist. We can buy into this, and you guys are like no, it I can't. can't it's buy it's it. not that. Y- not just that you buy into it, it's that you're happy it being like yeah, this. Yeah, exactly. That there's there's no high stakes to pirates being warped in and attacking everyone. You're like everyone is fine though after this, more or less. Well, not not in this not in this comic. Yeah, that's that's, that's the problem of introducing more realism into these stories, which is why this like the identity crisis era. I've always been iffy on because it is more realistic, 
But it's also crush, soul crushing in a lot of places. Yeah, I like the soul crushing. Crush my soul more. Yeah. <laughs> so they're, they're calling him and they're like, please uh, come join the Justice League. Green yeah, Arrow. Green Arrow. Yeah, no, sorry, as I was really interrupting Philip before, sorry. Uh, I was just going to say, I love how Firestorm is like, please join us. And Green Arrow's like, please lose this number. Fuck he you. Not, not lose this number, yeah. but I'm going to show up next week to confiscate your communicator because you're not in the Justice League. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, like, you're not the real Justice League. Like, you guys are frauds. Like, I, I just want to say, Ambush Bug grabs the communicator and he says, uh, No MSG in my pizza. No, he says, send up a plot and three pages of dialogue right away. The weekly grinds tear me apart. And then he says, 52. And this is where I've gotten to the point where I'm like, okay, 52 is just a meta reference to this event itself. So whenever people say 52, it's this event. They're just being like, I the wouldn't take ambush bugs. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't read too into. Don't ambush read the dialogue and take it seriously. It's like Deadpool showing up and being like, being like oh, if it, uh, I don't know, uh, it's the gauntlet. Uh, when he was in the Doom Patrol, uh, <laughs> right? He he got a call from the editor in chief saying your book's been canceled. Wait, You're dead am- now. Wait, ambush bug was in Doom Patrol. Yeah, written yes. by Keith Giffen. I quit, I quit the podcast, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with that. All right, so Martian Manhunter is in the original Justice League headquarters. Yeah, yeah so we come from that uh, that goofy scene to Martian Manhunter. And he's like, I'm sorry uh, for your death. Uh, I, not Blue Booster Gold. We didn't believe Blue Beetle, and now you're dead, too. Uh, yeah, the twist is so we don't see what he's doing. We see him lasering eye eye something, and he's saying, "I'm sorry. I wish we could have saved you. I wish we could have saved Ted." And it turns out he's making a, a memorial for Blue, for not only Booster Gold but every hero, every hero that existed. So every hero died, making, like, right? In the... no, yeah, every hero that yeah, died. And one of the things that they oh, also gone. point out is. Every time they're like, we're the Justice League, they're like, you're not the Justice League. And they're always like, where's Superman? Where's Wonder Woman? And then they're like, you can't have a Justice yeah. League without Martian Manhunter. Yeah. yeah. And that's why, that's why I love because it's funny because, what was it? The writer of uh, Man of Steel, the movie, said Martian Man is a shit character. No one likes him. <laughs> but if you're a real fan, you know, you know there's, no, there's no Justice League without Martian Manhunter. Like, he yeah. is the hardest. He's also been yeah. infiltrating, like, the UN and the U.S. president's it's office. The U.S. presidency yeah. because he's basically... After Ted Cord Blue Beetle had died, he was looking for a way to shut down Checkmate because it continued yeah. to persist after Maxwell Lord's death. So he basically like yeah. influenced the president to can't to cancel cut it. down yeah to mm-hmm. shut down. And checkmate. he's like Checkmate is paid for its crimes by being right. And I like that. I was like, oh, that, that would be a, like a cool thing if you if you really regretted that you you led to Ted Cord's death by yeah. not taking him seriously. That is a cool yeah. thing for him to do. Then we have the black the Black Marvel family as they're called shows up in China and they're like, hey, we're not doing that whole Axis against America thing anymore. You guys can keep doing it but um you know keep the keep the treaty in place you know keep foreigners foreign metahuman activities out but i'm not you know gonna be leading this thing anymore. and china's like you don't turn your back on china friend yep. yeah yeah you're gonna be in a re-education camp yourself soon they and, don't say that yeah, yeah. And, meanwhile, <laughs> but, and the mom's really child, childish he's just like yeah, i'm just boring let's go yeah let's yesterday go it was fun we dismantled the new mr adam and his computer terrorists before they took over norad i'm like again how does this world exist with norad <laughs> being fucking taken okay anyway, yeah, that's, that's I know, what no, sorry, i like I'm about sorry. it because he's, he's childish he's like no i'm not i'm not bitching about him i'm bitching that this is just a regular occurrence that norad oh anyway okay so, uh, so this is when we cut to the Justice League doing some press interview, and that's when a portal opens up and a bunch of pirates come out. <laughs> yeah, time a time portal opens up over New York City or Metropolis. 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 No, no, there was some New York City attacks that happened in this book so far, and I'm like, really? That okay? Anyway, <laughs> uh, so they're fighting. Ambush Bug is poking the pirates in the eyes. Poops, poops, I've asked me poop deck. He says. <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> and then we... <laughs> You're a pirate? My uncle's from Pittsburgh. <laughs> and then uh, we have a bunch of other heroes show up, like Pole Dancer and... Uh, Dynamo, Crimson Ghost, Immortal Bald Man in Armor, and, and guess what? Fireface. It's another goddamn fire person. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that these are all, like... One off. Let's throw. I know a bunch they of are. They are. They are. But it's like these yeah. could oh, be. But, by the way, firestorm is not really fire. He's radiation. Uh, oh. Okay. Does he yeah. does he use it differently <laughs> than fire? Well, yeah. He can. He's basically an alcohist. He can turn anything into anything. Oh, yeah. what? Okay. And that is different. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, and firebird is also is like a female fire. I'm just storm. saying. So if, need I, if, fire. if I see firestorm shoot fire rays, I'm gonna call bullshit on it. Well, that's the thing. I, he can. I also fire. want what I was gonna. I was think bitching there a little bit of how I, I'm like, how does this world exist? I also there's so many fights in this book where it's just like a thousand heroes all brawling, and what ha- ends up happening is everyone turns into like the same power level, where it's just like everyone can yeah. take beams from other people's beams, but some people's. Oh no! A lot of people are about to. No, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm here. Here it's fine because it's supposed to be clusterfuck, and it handles it how clusterfuck will happen. Yeah. Here it's different. Yeah. Here, here's the one time where I, like so, so this portal opens up. The pirates come out. Then Skeets comes out of the portal. And you're like, Skeets? And what? he zaps Firestorm. Somehow he Firestorm. doesn't get Firestorm. Firestorm right in the fucking face. Yeah. And he starts killing everyone around him. He starts him. killing everyone. Yeah. He just starts zapping everyone. Bulleteer is just running around. She does. And he says, like, I, I came to here because it's like a big calamity, but it turns out it's not big enough for him to show up. I gotta make you like a big enough death count so he shows up. And then uh, Super Chief shows up and... Uh, Skeets is like up, oh, Super Chief. Uh, he has his powers for one hour. Here's my appropriate countermeasure. I speed up time on him only, and he speeds up like a thousand years later, and just disintegrates. Yeah, and that's this is why this is why I, say I like this plot like as much as Daryl hates it, uh, because was Super Chief here just to show show uh, tease this new Justice League, or is he going to have his own plot yeah. later on? Because then he yeah, gets hey, warped. Hey, hey, hey. For, for reference, I don't hate the Super Chief stuff because I I think that is pretty neat because I didn't know who this guy was before. No, but I mean I, I mean like the Justice League stuff in general, like this whole stuff was like uh, was was Super Chief just for Justice League? Yeah. He yeah, like so Super piece. Chief gets like blasted away with the necklace. He goes to the afterlife. Yeah, and uh, he basically they're like he's asking the Manitou Spirit for help, and then someone's like the Manitou Spirit only answers the prayers of the living only on. and you're dead yeah and then he says no why can't they do right and he says you what are you gonna have reward without ordeal there is no free lunch Ma- magic never comes without a price yeah let that be a lesson to you mr dibney and he hands off the manitou yeah. stone to ralph dibney and, then, and this is new magic thing and then this is where i was like i thought this was the aztec afterlife not the native american one no he's going to all uh, the different that was most of native americans i know i know they are but i was trying to think it's like this is your coy he says earlier so it is weird that it's like yeah there would yeah. be different well he's been hopping from afterlife to afterlife but a lot of stuff with ralph dibney is we don't see what ralph dibney's doing fully we just jump jumping around with, with months between what Ralph is doing. And then unfortunately yeah. in the news it's like Metropolis Massacre uh, you know they're the like we can't get rid of Checkmate because obviously heroes are just going to destroy the world. Yeah and also the Justice League disbanded like this failure was so big that like they, 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 <laughs> yeah. they, they yeah. disbanded out of shame. And Martian Manhunter's like fuck I thought I had Checkmate done. Yeah, and then yeah. we go back to Checkmate people and they're like hey uh this isn't Checkmate. This is uh, Amanda Waller. No, this is uh, Suicide Squad Amanda Waller. Oh, yeah. Yeah. another <laughs> team. <laughs> Shit. And she and she so she, she's basically getting a Suicide Squad together to go after Black Adam, and they're getting one of Black Adam's friend, Adam Smasher. I never know who he is. I always confuse him with the uh, Golden Age Blue Beetle. You know, when you guys originally said Black Adam, I thought it was Adam, like Adam Smasher. But <laughs> no. Yeah, well, he does explain. She's like, you know, you helped Adam liberate it eight months ago after you stomped out their last dictator. You know, you're the one who can go 
after him. So, like, she does expose it just enough that, like, he's part of the reason why Black Adam is ruling Kandak in the first I, I, I was thinking Black Adam Smasher looks like more a hero than just, like, a villain. I think that's my problem. They're, they're mm. coming up with a new suicide, like you guys said, and one of them is a Nazi. He has a swastika. <laughs> and one of them, is this is this Clayface or Shitface? <laughs> Shitface is only Mark Millar. I know, I know. I don't know. Oh, that's Shithead. You're thinking Shithead, head, yes. Um, I don't know who that is. Like Black Clayface. Adam. Looks like Clayface. All right, two issues left, everyone. Hang in there. I can't. Yes, we're almost there. Issue 25, we'll start with Kingpin? (laughs) Wait, say this cover first. Oh, so this cover, this cover is really cute. It's oh, I love trick or treating, and one's dressed up as Booster Gold, another is Steel, another as a girl dressing up as the people. Question. Like they're like six. Yeah, and, and, and the helmet is sorry, children are people. Helmet. They're not people. <laughs> Their uh, trick or treat basket is, is a Doctor Fate helmet. Yeah, it's cute. Yeah, it is cute. So we open with uh, it's Kingpin. With Kingpin, I know this guy probably came first, but it's Kingpin. <laughs> He's staring over the city. Oh, that's that is that is. Uh, what's his name? I forgot his name. Bruno. It says Bruno Mannheim. Bruno Mannheim. He's like he's he's leader of Venture Gang. Yeah. Oh. And he's, I, basi- I, he's I, basically like every Caesar needs a Rome. I'm taking Gotham. And he's here. Wait. With, hold on. He he tells about the crime bible here. Yeah. He says like basically like uh this is the next step for after free market capitalism crime bible. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> That's this is why I like it. That's why I feel hasty because criticism of capitalism. No, it's it's just <laughs> fucking dumb. That's why I hate it. So there's there's sure, just sure. a guy here that's supposed to be here. He's like, what the fuck are you talking about? He just slams his head onto the crime. Wait, he bible says, you swear to crime bible, you die. Then he does and he slams his head. And he says, is that yeah, that's a, that's Phil and Sly where Phil's like, what the fuck is this? And Sly slams his face into yeah. it. Oh, you really capitalist boy, really? And swear to me. And then he says, let's eat this guy. We just killed <laughs> he says that he yeah, literally so says that he bad. literally they're, they're so bad that it's like what the hell he says building an empire is hungry work i didn't know if he'd eat what it. bring him down to the kitchens after oh, they murdered him i thought it was disposable that makes sense and then he says now eat enjoy the meat gotham city belongs and to it me. shows like a, a flashback of him just killing villains at like a gotham city evil super league meeting yeah, he took over gotham I city and killed a bunch of kite man i think i think it's kite man <laughs> yeah it is kite man r.i.p i don't understand <laughs> And so intergang, they say here, is is crime's answer to Interpol. So they're like, well, there's international police. There has to be international gang, right? And I'm yeah. like, so intergang's whole thing is just we want to do crime in the world everywhere? Yeah. You get money. You get mo- there's no downside to doing crime. It's not like you're like, oh. There's no downside. You're, you're, doing, you're doing a penalty to yourself. You're getting free money while you're doing there's it. No there's no doing downside to doing crime. There's no downside to doing crime. In a world with superheroes. When Superman exists, there's no downside to doing crime. Not anymore. <laughs> That's but, but, yeah, but yeah, they have they, like they have like uh, space like advanced alien technology and shit like that. Like like they are Superman's like co- competition. Like they and they're all Superman. fucking werewolves too. I just hate intergang. <laughs> I hate that they're the main villains of the story so far because I'm like I really dis- I don't find them interesting. I think they're really stupid. And they're like they seem to be running. They're pulling the strings of every plot line. It's like ooh werewolves. There's Jack Kirby concept by the way. I think you just hate Jack. I might. I might. I might. <laughs> yeah, and the, the cannibal kingpin is their leader. Anyway, uh, okay, so cut. let's cut to something more grounded where there's a giant demon destroying a street. In Halloween. A sheet of sugar treated is Halloween. And of course, they're like, yeah. of course it's Halloween. Uh, Extra dimensional beings always come on, on, into our plate in Halloween. I'm yeah, like, the plane's weaker. I could buy that with magic in this world and stuff. And then it's the Shazam, the regular Shazam family. Freddy and Mary are fighting them. And then who flies in but the black Shazam family come in mm-hmm. and they, they beat up this demon. 
uh, all the kids see this happen and they see them do this and then they want to start wearing like their They're like, costumes. I want to be ISIS, not me. They dress as, one kid dressed as, as, as regular Shazam he's like, I want to be Black Adam. A girl dressed as, as Wonder Woman, oh, I have to be ISIS. And Supergirl's like, no, I get to be ISIS. <laughs> and uh, ISIS is like, eat some apples or nature's toothbrush. And one kid's like, mm, <laughs> nature's toothbrush. And it's funny, like, Wonder Woman's out of the picture now. Now it's all about ISIS and everything ISIS yeah. says, like, what's cool. And now you eat apples because she's cool. Yeah. So and then um Profitivity's in hell. <laughs> yeah, yes. it's basically in hell. And it's it's like the divine comedy because now he's walking around and Dr. Fate is the um who yeah. puts him through it's one of the Dante. philosophers. Virgil Virgil, 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 yeah. Virgil. Where he's like, Hey, here's this person, here's how they're suffering for eternity for their curse and, and it's like funny because they do like a real world example from a French guy who was suspected of doing witchcraft, and then they have an alien, right? They're like, yeah. Well, aliens do magic, they go to hell. People on Earth do magic. They go to hell. And then... And, and then, like, Dr. Fate's doing this to show, like, this is the downside you fuck with magic. So, like, be yeah. careful. Yeah, and Dr. then uh, we, we end on a, a Silver Age villain, this guy. He's a hero, like, right? Oh, he, no, he's, a, he's, a, he's a villain. Because I've Felix seen Faust. this cover before, right? This was a Justice This cover, this cover, he, this is, like, most, like, on, like, on, like, iconic, like, in the goofy way, Silver yeah. Age covers. Uh, Philip Foss turned all the, the, the Justice League members into his fingers. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, ha-ha! And then it goes into this long thing about, like, this guy, Felix Faust, how he ended up suffering afterwards. He was caught in an attic cycle. He was selling his soul. Yeah, he kept going to different villains and selling pieces of his soul until eventually people were like, you've sold this everywhere. We don't want your yeah, dirty-ass soul. Yeah, his soul was like the soul bicycle, like the town bicycle. So like, he had, nobody, <laughs> nobody cared about it anymore. He had to go to the demon Neuron, and Neuron didn't want his soul, so he killed a little girl and took her soul and offered it, but Neuron knew that there was a little girl soul. And it's actually, it's surprisingly long for, like, I thought there's like, a nine other things, events going on in this comic, and here we get, like, the twisted fate of this Silver Age Also, dude. I'm like, his name is Faust, which is literally what Faust did in the the big Zarathustra, right? He, he sold his soul for power. Uh-huh. It's yeah. not like, it's just like, they just take someone and they're like, he's a supervillain. <laughs> okay, whatever. A lot, a lot of times, like, comic writers, write, they're writing a, a new story every fucking month. Like, they, they take information which is, like, if you were a comic writer, you would just fucking write, like, would, here's fucking Begita. He's gonna fight <laughs> Superman. <laughs> I would just quit. I wouldn't do this fucking job. <laughs> if you would, if you get paid to fucking write the, the goofy shit just for fun, you would do it. Like you that. would do it. Phil. Also, I like taking like historical and biblical characters and updating them in like a modern myth. Yeah. And especially, especially now, you live in you live in like a nerdy culture, but back then, like no one knew who, Felix, who Faust was, and, and like no kids knew who Felix Faust yeah. was. Like you're just introducing like kids to these concepts. So Faust gets punished by the little girl so he took, and then that's like that's his terrible thing. And basically, the helmet's just trying to tell him that remember, if you're gonna make a bargain, you have to be prepared right. to honor. Right. Because what Faust's big mistake was is. He said, I'm going to give you my soul, and he gave someone else the little girl's soul. And that yeah. was, like, reneging on the bargain. And the helmet tells him, if you end up here, I promise you that no one will mourn for you ever as Faust disappears into ash. And yeah. they focus so much on Felix because he was a villain that Ralph fought in the in the Justice League a lot. And he was like, I always thought he was just a like, kind of goofy guy. And it's like, yeah, he was until he abused magic, and now he rots in hell forever. So then we have two more people robbing a... Robbing a fucking bank. In this is the New York, New York City. City. Yeah, yeah, robbing a bank in New York City where I guess... The superheroes exist too. As well. Yeah, because then the infinite infinity ink shows yeah, up. Yeah, like Sleuther's team, and they ju- they just beat them a whole bunch of them up. And then we see the new Caucasian female that joined the league, and it's this girl that can just teleport in and out. Matrix. Meanwhile, uh, the original game is watching. I was going go down. Yeah, and then he goes yeah. and talks to. I have no idea. I had no who idea who this is. He summons ghosts for kids because it's Halloween, which is cute. But I'm 
Michael? Oh, that's Mr. Terrific. Oh, Mr. Terrific. He's oh, the guy who was an atheist who was visible to technology. Oh. Yeah, so so basically what, what they're doing, they just say that, like, Alan Scott is, like, they're reforming Checkmate. They asked me to be the oh, leader, and, and I want you to be my leader. Not leader. White. White King. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so this is team. just to set up the new Checkmate book, and I know... You guys hate this, but this this is why this is why uh, the editor of DC hated Fifty Two because this book didn't do enough. Where it has scenes just to hype up new books, so like this was like their concession. Oh. Like, we've been telling all these two stories. I guess we'll hype up a new book. Here's but a new at the same time, I think this narratively still, even if it's just as an aside, it still makes sense here in the plot because there was the Justice League massacre that we saw was orchestrated by Skeets, all this stuff, and then we see the government's reaction is to reform Checkmate. And then and it's not the government. It's not the government. Now the UN wants. The UN wants oh yeah, the UN. The UN reinstates Checkmate yeah. because of this. And we see characters that were involved in the first volume are now being reintroduced as like they were the like statesmen that were like we're going to retire now and they're now get, getting these bureaucratic positions. I think that works in this overarching area. It does if it continues to show up. The way I was saying it's, it's setting up a new book. If this, if the rest of this stuff is all in the new book, I'm like. But that's, that's one of the realities of complicating. Like they push, they, yeah. they fought back. I against... don't remember if this. Well, but what's more important yeah, I don't think it does. is the scorpion robot. The on the yeah. island of mad scientists is rampaging, and then uh, and then this is where we reveal that Magnus is like, I don't want to take my, I, don't, I have to take my pills just to avoid being part of madness like this. I don't want to be part yeah. of this mad scientist yeah. shit. And he's like, oh, that's interesting that you're taking your pills to avoid creativity. And then we have ba- Boss Manheim, the leader of Intergang, is me- meeting with the head of China. No. Remember when I said Wonder Woman fought a giant egg in the Silver Age? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is how the, the giant egg was brought into the, the modern era. Yep. <laughs> so this giant egg, uh, Egg Fu, is, but they call him Chang Zhu. And he is the, the one like orchestrating this island. And Intergang goes to him, the reason why... They are. They have all these scientists and everything is because they want. Intergang is trying to fund and buy technology that will deal with the Kandok situation. Yeah, yes. presumably take out Black Adam. Is he an egg? Actually, so originally he was an egg. Now he's actually an alien with a, like a giant oval body. Okay. And as a joke, people call him Egg Fu, but he hates it. Like okay. it's like <laughs> it's like trying to make it work, but like okay. still keeping the character intact. Right. And he says, uh, "We're gonna call the the things that we're gonna make to stop Black Adam and Kandok the Four Horsemen." So we'll have to look for them in the future. And then perhaps the most important issue is coming up. The beast that came who came to dinner. This issue, goddamn. This was the filler issue, I feel like, of the entire thing that I've read. Oh, really? Okay. So week 26 starts with Black Adam and Isis and uh, Osiris dropping off the question and Renee at... In the middle of the uh, Himalayas. Basically, they're in the middle of the Himalayas. They're near uh, Nandapar Bat. Which, if you know, if you if you're a longtime fan, you know that's where the question trained. Yeah, and this, that's that's to back up what what Phil Darrow was saying. They're like, it seems like you're nowhere because that's what Black Adam is saying. But yeah. the question's like, no, I got this. Don't worry. Yeah, and they get dropped off, and this is where Renee meets the question supporting cast: Richard Dragon, who trained him in like kung fu and stuff, and Tot, who's like this old guy that he's like we said before, the guy in the chair that like makes the phone calls, sends them all that stuff, and then. We get just some of the media's reaction. Yeah, it's Jack Ryder, you know, but it's just saying like... Oh, the creeper. Yeah, yeah, but that doesn't matter. He's basically like a Bill O'Reilly figure who's like, superheroes are, you know, destroying. Look at this massacre. Here to talk about it is John Henry Irons. I would say it's funny because if you remember the original question, he was this role. Like, it's your fault, viewer, for doing this. But he's not Jack Ryder. He's doing his question's role. 
No, no, he wasn't. But I'm saying, remember the original question, the one from the, the one by uh, the one that was like a uh, libertarian yeah, yeah. propaganda. Like he said, I blame you people for not being uh, believing enough in our system or whatever. Hey, Steve Ditko created both of them. That makes sense. Oh yeah, he did. <laughs> Jack Ryan probably was like this in, in his original creation. Then probably. yeah, he he was. So he has John Henry Irons on to talk about like how come. You know, how come Infinity Inc. is bad? Yeah, you think and he's like, you're you know, an elitist? You, you're allowed to have steel skin, but no one else? Capitalism, free market capitalism. You got to give it to whoever can pay for it. Yeah, and he's like, if you have a building on fire, you call the fire department. They've trained every day for this. And he's like, so what about the Citizens Fire Brigade? And he's like, they can help, but they're not the ones rushing into the buildings. You know, you want to blame somebody, you know, blame Lex Luthor. And then he's like, that sounds like a cue to me. And he brings in Natasha and they argue about it again. And she's like, we train every day, four hours a day. And again, she makes a really compelling argument. Yeah, she really does. She's like, you people just sit around complaining and taking pieces out of the people who actually help. And he's like, heroism is an act of altruism. How can it be funded by a corporation? And then, oh, her line is so good. She's like, if you'll excuse me, my ear set's going off. There's been an explosion in Hobbs Bay. Feel free to stay here and be on TV, though. I have to go help. And they cut to commercial break, and John Henry Irons is just, like, so sad. Yeah. Then... (laughs) Oh, yeah, this is another scene where I'm like, I was going to hate this, because we get to see Dr. Sylvana's kids. Yeah, so it cuts to the Savannah family, who is just Dr. Savannah. We saw very early in the last book, and now he is in, he's on the island. He's the mad scientist who fights uh, Captain Marvel. Yeah, so here's here's the thing about his family. He has two, he has two kids that are exactly like him, two twins. No, I, I can sum it up. It's, it's Dilbert. Two of them, two of them look like the dad. Two of them look like the mom. Yes, and the mom. Yes, hot. exactly. And the mom is like an Adonis, so the kids look like yeah, Adonis. Yeah, the kids yeah. are ugly, short little boy things. And basically, the the main thing that happens is she donated a bunch of money to Kandak orphans so that Black Adam and the family would come and talk to her and like have dinner with them. And she says, like, I divorced my husband. I still love Wait, him, but like, uh, I'm... the teaser here is that the kids are trying in the basement trying to make some time portals so they can go back to first grade or something. But we see, like, we know time is broken somehow, and there's, like, a, a person in the in the time stream saying, like, I know why. And they're like, what? And then it blows up. And I'm like, oh, this is more time stuff. Yeah. And there's also, in the basement, there's this, like, lizard monster that's just, like, growling yeah, at Yeah, and the mom calls the twins up for dinner before they can go. Yeah. And they're, and they're like, Mom, why can't Magnificus, Magnificus do this? Yeah. And Magnific- he's like, because he's finishing his tan. Yeah, Magnificus and Butea are the two handsome, uh, attractive children. Mm-hmm. And then you have, I forget these two's names. <laughs> I don't remember. Georgia. Uh, they're just but, the twins. Yeah. The, the dorky twins. She basically, she invites them because she wants to, like, explain, like, we're, you know, we want to... We, we know part- our husband calls you shit, but we want, like... We, we, we know you're trying to be heroic, so please help our family. Yeah, my, my husband is, like, a piece of shit. That's why I divorced him. I still love him, but, like, I'm not a villain like he was. I'm not going to try to destroy you. Let's be, like, one big family, right? And... Then we cut back to Oolong Island. Again, there are just lots of bug robots. Killing the guards again. I'm like, who fucking takes his job? (laughs) And and the guy creating all the giant bugs is like, it's sabotage. My robots can't be this bad. You're fucking me up, you bastards. Yeah. Uh, This is, uh, it's the next step of capitalism. After automation, you take whatever job you can get, right? Here's here's a scene I'll piss all. I I would say get rid of the trophy wives for this scene. Because it makes no sense. Because a woman shows up and all the guys are like nerds. And they're like, oh no, a girl. because they're like, like yeah. they shouldn't be, she shouldn't be the scientist. 
is what they're yeah. saying. Yeah, she's Veronica Kell. She's yeah, no, she's no, because they're, they're like they're, they're quiet and they're like, can anyone have a restrictive enzyme sequence to spare? And they're like, and they all start tossing it at her. Yeah, use mine, use mine. It's very much the nerds are like um, eager to yeah. impress this girl. Well, in the girl. beginning, they didn't yeah. th- believe that the new scientist would be a girl. Because yeah, they're like, uh, yeah, and they're like women. They're good places. They literally in the say women's places in the kitchen, right? So like, I, a yeah. few of them, do, a few of them do, but it's just like the nerd thing where you say that when you're when you're on the internet, but when the real girl shows up, you're like, mm. hey, you want to go on a date? Yeah. I know. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's. I mean, the whole this whole plot is supposed to be like critiquing that. Like nerds are nerds thing. are the worst, aren't they, guys? Yeah, yeah. So now they're so they're they're having this big feast. It cuts back to the Savannah household, and they're having like this huge like it looks like a Thanksgiving feast. Is this Thanksgiving? It might. It be, might be because last year was last year was last issue was Halloween. Yeah. So it's probably yeah. And basically, Osiris is like, this is stupid. Uh, you know, she just wants us to go find this crazy scientist. She wants to find her husband. And, like, we should be fighting them, not eating with them. I'm leaving. And he storms off. And he's like, you have the powers of Black Adam. You have a family. What more do you need? And, he, and Osiris says, I need friends. And he flies off. And then they make yeah. a really racist comment about them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <they're>... yeah. <laughs> the beautician says, sorry, sweetie. I don't speak camel jockey. Yeah. Because they were speaking, you know, I guess, it, Kandakian or whatever. Yeah, it's fucking Arabic. But... <laughs> Yeah, they, they, it was very, uh, you know, obviously these people are still villains, but he, Osiris is basically like, you know, we're running from one function to the next. I've done yeah. every single thing you've asked me for. I still don't have any time to myself. And then as right after he leaves, that giant lizard from before starts smashing everything up. He's like, he's eating the whole turkey. He's, and then he just, he like grabs the turkey and then runs away. And then Butia says, look what it did to my hair. And she's like, we'll take you to the barbershop machine after dinner. And then one of the other <laughs> ugly ones says, we're in my hair too. And they're like, shut up, Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, "Where?" and Black Adam's like, where did it go? And outside, Osiris is kind of just like moping around. He's like, yeah, he... moping outside of the statue of Dr. Savannah. Yeah. <laughs> and he finds the lizard guy crying. And when he sees him, he's like, please don't hurt lizard, me. Lizard and he looks very doughy eye, like very cartoony. Yeah. And he's like, but you're a crocodile. As I was until six months ago. And da 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 Dr. Savannah pulled me out of the Nile and brought me here. You know, I didn't understand what he said. I remember him laughing at me. I was down in his lab. He was feeding me all these glowing things. Then I grew hands. And then one day he left and never came back. And I've just been in a cage for months. I haven't eaten. And Mm -hmm. I finally broke out and I was just going to leave. But I smelled the dinner. It was so good. I was so hungry. I'm sorry. And he starts crying. God, Ryan, we're spending so much time on a filler issue. (laughs) Is this a filler issue? That's a big question. This is important. This is an important issue. Yeah, then he's like, I'm sorry if I scared your family. Spoilers, there are no spoiler issues in this entire comic. No, no filler issues. Why is that? Yeah, everything matters. matters. So he's like, I'm sorry if I scared your family. And he's like, your friends? He's like, I don't have any friends. And the lizard's like, I wish I had friends to eat with. And then he's like, what's your name? And he says he doesn't have one. He's like, well, do you want one? And look, Osiris has made a friend. It's a crocodile monster. (laughs) This is why it's a good thing we have two people read before, because if we skipped a bunch of stuff that happens this issue, it would be very confusing later on. (laughs) Yeah. But that concludes Volume 2 of 52. (sighs) So, okay. So, how do you guys feel after Volume 2? Better or worse than after Volume 1? I will admit, I like Volume 1 a lot more than Volume 2. Go ahead. Break my heart, guys. Uh, (laughs) Worse, but not that much. I still enjoy this a lot. Okay. Um, Cool. Like I said before... I don't think I just, I just don't think I like comic events. I think it it breaks the world for me. I, I'm I'm obviously a big like the world needs to make sense person, and this just doesn't. Mm-hmm. But that's why you're not a yeah, fan. Yeah, that's why I'm not a fan. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I find a lot of the storylines compelling. I'm interested in the Natasha Henry Irons uh, dynamic dynamic and the black stuff. I'm interested in the Dibney stuff a little bit. Um, 
and the conduct stuff I'm kind of interested in still too. So I'm kind of interested to see what happens with Skeets too. <laughs> yeah. So I cool. That's a lot of plot lines that you're like, yeah, I want to yeah, know what happens. Yeah. There's That's a lot of cool. plot lines in the book. Yes, but, like, still, when it's not just, like, I'm only following it for this one character, like, that's cool that it's, like, you know, what about you, Daryl? Definitely worse. It, it was, a lot of the plot lines I was kind of interested went down. There's some things, one of the things that really, really annoyed me was, like, I liked how Renee and the question got thrown into jail and they were beat up. And because it still shows you that Black Adam's stuff is, like, garbage. Yeah, like, he, might, he might be a nice person, but, like, Kandak's, like, and it's especially, it's, like, I was thinking, it's, like, what is Isis doing about this? Does she know? Does she allow it? Because a lot of times it doesn't seem like she reigns in her husband mm. that much. But then they never ever brought up to him that they That's were literally getting beat without being like a free trial first or anything. I'm yeah. like, I was waiting for them so much for her to be like, this is a shit country you're running. I got beat up by being captured. But instead they're just like, hey, thanks for flying us over. We're all friends now. And I'm like, mm. That's like if Kim Jong-un put me into prison and then beat me up and then took me out. And he's like, oh, thank you for like saving well, me if, out of marriage. If Kim Jong-un, they made you royalty after. I would still like, you'd still just like make some mention of it, I suppose. Yeah, especially, no, that's, that's fair. Especially Renee. Black Adam, Black, Black, Renee's first initial action Black Adam was him choking life out of her. I don't think <laughs> yeah. she's going to push the, press the issue. Yeah. I, I feel but like, no, I think I, I feel like she's though. in a place she would press the issue. Uh, like that, especially that's if kind she of wanted character. to die. Yeah. Um, other than that, there's all the other storylines. I'm like, they're, they're still a bit interesting, but it's it's definitely a thing as it starts to ramp up comic bookiness. That's why I'm like, I just don't know. Especially when you guys seeing like, the defense of this is this is a very 70s concept, which is harkening back to that time when I'm like, that was literally when comic books were like among their stupidest. And yeah. you guys are like, but it's cool the way that they're doing it now, like how they're modernizing this stuff. And it just, it's not working for me. I It's, it's easy to read and it's still interesting. That's I will good. say. And I, I'll I, take I'm, that. The mystery of like, what is Skeets doing? Who is Supernova? And what's going to happen to Ralph are very yeah, definitely. gripping. Cool. That's, why, that's why I got annoyed when you guys like Grant Morrison because... Well, like that's why I'm not Grant Morrison. I'm not the biggest Grant Morrison fan because that's what all he does is like let's take a goofy silverish concept and use it. But you know, make it pretentious enough for you guys. I guess you all buy it. No, maybe I'd have to read more Grant Morrison because the only thing I liked of his oh. is him parodying and satirizing, like talking about what Silver Age comics did to the teenage brain. I love that idea. Yeah. I wouldn't love so much his idea of being like, but they're really great. Let's just do them all the That's time. That's what's weird about these like huge crossover events is like, I know you guys keep saying this guy's a satire, this island's a satire, but when it's like interspersed where it's like, take this seriously, but comics are really fucking dumb, but take this seriously. Like Metal Gear. <laughs> that's actually yeah. why I love Metal Gear. Especially yeah. why I really and find... I think Metal Gear is dumb. That's why, that's why I love... Uh, that's why I really find manga interesting. The problem is a lot of the stuff I've read so far is very uh, predictable. But manga, a lot of times, does not give a fuck about tone whatsoever. It'll be super uh, uh, corny yeah, at one point and get true. super dark. I, I love that about manga. Like, manga is not afraid to... Like, TV, TV and film... Uh, more, more film, I should say. TV is very ambitious now, more so. But film is very predictable. Like, what you know... One's gonna be happy and one's not gonna be happy. Yeah. You know, you, you, it's, it's so the storytelling has been so drilled down. I appreciate when tone the people aren't afraid to use tones inconsistently. I also think that in a book like Fifty Two, where there's a lot of really heavy bummer stuff happening, 
I do, even though, like, it, what's interesting is it seems on paper like it would be very jarring, jump from back to back, but you guys both refer to it as very easy to read. Yeah, it is. Which it I is. think, like, a lot of times the really silly stuff to me is a nice palate cleanser, because, like, the booster stuff really bums me out. Do I want to be sad for, f- like, 50, 60 yeah. pages? That's a fair Not point. Really. And it's so Sly's, sad. To Sly's, yeah. like, anime-manga comparison, a lot of them do that, where it's, like, serious stuff, then high school stuff, and then high, serious stuff, yeah. and I, I I, the diff- I feel like the difference there is it's characters being silly. Like here's the comedic relief character running in to look at a girl's boobs. But not rather than like here's an plots. island of a bunch of idiots making science inventions yeah. that kill guards. Yeah, I don't know. They have silly plots too. There is a, there's an episode of Code Geass where they use the mechs to make giant pizza at the high school. <laughs> I'm just thinking about Dragon Ball Z where they fight cell, but then they also fuck. They have they they fucking fight like Garlic Junior and the I mean, I hate that too. I hate Hercule being like, I'm gonna fight cell. I, I love Hercule. Okay, guys, this is a different podcast, and we've kept these people long enough. So, uh, we'll, I'm very interested to see how we continue. So, remember, over the next two weeks, we'll be doing part three and then the final part four of 52. So, join us next week, and we will continue with whatever the next 13 issues are. So, and remember... We're in the middle of our Patreon job right now, so if you go over to patreon.com slash flyingmachine, you can join at any tier. There's a $1 tier, a $5 tier, and a $10 tier. Just last week, up until and including yesterday, I was releasing one or two episodes per day for the music podcast I do, 33 and a third under 45, that are audio versions with music clips of the blogs that I write at the Flying Machine website. So that's 10 old episodes, well, 10 old blogs that are brand new episodes, two older episodes, and two brand new ones that just came out Monday and Tuesday, yesterday. So go over to flyingmachine.network slash support or patreon.com slash flyingmachine, or you can join the Flying Machine Facebook group, which is the Flying Machine Explorers Guild, where you see lots of giveaways. I was giving away some comics this week. We got movies, original art, all sorts of stuff. We have lots of goals that as soon as we hit those, you get things like live streams where Malcolm and John will write a complete song. I'm watching a movie because we hit one of our goals, a movie I've never seen before, probably going to be Alien and going to do a live stream and talk about it. So, yeah, it should be awesome. And thank you for listening and for backing us on this Patreon drive. For Divisive Issues... I've been the only metal that's a liquid at room temperature. I've been John Shitting Bull. <laughs> I'm just a knockoff of my dad. And I've been an alligator that's somehow going to be the most important character in this whole entire event. Stay in continuity. He's a crocodile, you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> the incredible flying machine.